Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. This is so good. This is how you celebrate, Grant. This is how you celebrate. Give me the team song. Give us the team song. Not many teams can celebrate better than this. This is good. I've watched this about ten times. I love the team song they get into. Yes. We've got to get into the team song, Ben. How does it go? Do you know the words? Legends of the game. Oh, be still my beating heart. Kia good afternoon. Welcome, or well, good morning, in fact. Welcome into the Saturday session. What a glorious day in the Riviera of the South Pacific where it's raining. It's raining titles. It's raining trophies. Trophies. But why don't we have a team song? We should have a team song for the Saturday sesh. Something like that. I don't that. think we could pull it off as well as the Wellington Lions just did then. Well done to them. What a, what a brilliant season they did have after looking well off the pace early in that competition. Finished with the Ram Philly Shield and the Bunnings NPC title. And allows us to ram Wellington propaganda down our listeners' throats. If you've got a problem with it, we'll change the topic. Give us a call. 0800 150 811. Open line talk. Uh, the floor is yours, if you will. Double eight double three. by the way, is our text line. You know, the thing I loved about the um, the Wellington Lions was the passion. Like, there was genuine passion, enthusiasm. We saw that in the Ranfurly Shield game. Where they won the Ranfurly Shield. And then, to back it up, no one had them uh, to win that game. Backing it up with, uh, it wasn't Hawke's Bay. Who was it? Was it Hawke's Bay? Waikato. Waikato. First challenge. Waikato, the first challenge. Everyone had no chance. I, I think I remember Izzy in the, the morning show saying, Oh, well, hopefully, you know, Wellington can enjoy the Shield just for a week and go out to the schools. What, are you or... telling me Wellington's not everyone's second favourite team? <laughs> Welcome aboard the show. Uh, he's Grant Elliott. I'm Daniel McCarty. Ben Francis, our producer extraordinaire, is uh, with us. We invite you to join us on 0800 150 811. Certainly a great highlight last weekend for sure. Um, forever the buck, never the stag was our um, topic last week. Well, the Wellington Lions have bucked that trend. <laughs> See what I did there? Eight finals in a row, uh, that's now extinguished. And, um, well, I, I guess they'll conquer um, domestic rugby for, for the next generation. I, I'm sure that will happen, Grant. Oh, I think it's been a couple of weeks for, of uh, smashing records because <laughs> the Black Caps hadn't won a game in Australia how in good 10 was years. That? How good was that? We're still talking about it. I think we spoke about it last weekend, and we're going to talk about it, you know. But that game was incredible against Australia. It's probably the last game I remember since the rain started pouring down in the competition. So we've had four rainouts at the uh, the T Twenty World Cup. That's a lot, yeah. Including last night, England Australia. That was a real shame for this neutral. I was very much looking forward to that. 
I, I, I saw on on Twitter, I can't remember who put it out, whoever did. It's a great, this is amazing train spotting. There's been four rainouts at this tournament. That, that's equal most rainouts at a men's World Cup, T20, and one day international cricket dating back to 1975. Which is phenomenal because there have been World Cups in New Zealand and in England, <laughs> you'd think. But now, it, now we only had two rainouts in 1992. One of, one of the toughest moments for a professional cricketer in New Zealand is when they went to sand-based outfields because that, <laughs> that meant that you, it just took 45 minutes for the curators to get the ground ready, so you're always going to play. Whereas I think back in the day, you had a downpour in the morning and they went, okay, fellas, you're off for the day. Come back tomorrow in a four-day game. Uh, but you don't get much reprieve now. The fields and the curators, the yeah. super soppers, whoever invented that, Damn you. And we only had one in 2015, Grant, uh, your tournament. It's just um, a, a couple of highlights of, again, another bumper sporting uh, week uh, that has been rolling on. Love to get your thoughts on the week that has been. Uh, welcome into the show. Lots happening. Um, Rugby League World Cup. Uh, New Zealand big win over Ireland this morning. Uh, that was the game I, I described well, last week against uh, Lebanon was well, picking a team with this in mind, is, that, is, is this your knockout side that we've seen uh, this morning? Uh, I'd love to get our league fans' uh, perspective on, on how well-placed the Kiwis are, and if that was the starting lineup for the knockout games, it is as simple as that. You roll that side on. I would have thought you'd you look to build combinations into the knockout stages. So a great win for the Kiwis. Uh, pretty strong result against uh, Ireland, uh, close to 50 points. Uh, always an achievement in international rugby league. So uh, league fans, uh, I'd like to hear you uh, pontificate where, where the uh, Kiwis currently stand. And uh, if that is the uh, the side you'd like to see come the knockout stage, we've of course got um, uh, the Women's Rugby World Cup and the All Blacks on. Yeah. Together, which has been a talking point. It blew up, didn't it? It did blow up. I'm not sure I'm in as much blow up category as others. How, how do you feel about it, Grant? Maybe you can go first. Well, I think, you know what? You can have multi-screen. I think it's the way that um, NZIU coped with the situation again. You mean the line where NZR uh, stated uh, on their Twitter feed, NZR did not take into account the Rugby World Cup stipulation that the host nation would play in the quarterfinal two-time slot, regardless of pool results, and may have inadvertently caused a clash. So you didn't read the competition rules? I'm no. not sure if that's inadvertent. Well, what There's I re- no real massive apology there anyway. No, so what I read is they said that they were um, aware of it. They were aware of it. Um, but the, uh, the the people that should have been aware of it weren't, which what? I don't know if that's Sky that maybe weren't aware of it, or um, I've I've got no idea. But they said so that they it is what it, it is. But other people weren't aware of it. Yeah. Wow. And as I look for the quote of what they said, I think it was it was the way that they explained and apologised to everyone, which they said it was an oversight with bigger consequences. And this was Chris Lendrum. Um, we were aware of it as an organization, but the right people weren't aware of it. And then he added, it's not the end of the world. We're lucky to have these problems in New Zealand, as opposed to maybe they should have said a great opportunity for multi-screen viewing. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, are you going to watch? Which game are you going to watch, Daniel? Okay, I'm gonna, don't hate me for this. I think that's a really reductive debate. What, what am I going to watch live, one or the other? Like it, like it's a competition, one over the other. You know what? I'm going to be, re- and <clears throat> local sport people are going to hate me for this. I'll probably watch neither live. If I'm going to watch anything live today, it will be the T20 game between New Zealand and Sri Lanka. I will be calling it for SCNZ. Yes, I'm working. So 
But if I'm to watch one game live today in my time-poor existence with, with young kids, it's probably going to be Baseball's World Series. Mm. And is that on your laptop or is that TV? Well, ideally, I like to put it on the big screen. I, I, I doubt I will um, be able to cash in the brownie points required to actually get that. Well, the wiggles will be on, yeah, <laughs> won't but, it? <laughs> but, but they're on two different platforms. You can watch them on two different screens if you are watching them live. Yeah. I, I, I just think it's a bit reductive, you know, which one are you watching over the other? Like, let's be fair, um, which one has the most jeopardy? Mm. Well, a knockout game in a World Cup. That game means more than the All Blacks playing Japan for the fifth time, where the last time they played them was in 2018, where they scored 60-odd points to 30. Is it a front-line All Black side? No. Are there some uh, individuals you're probably looking at more than the game itself? Yeah, I would think that. Roger Tuovasa-Shek is, is going to have a lot of eyeballs on him. What say you, listeners? 0800 150 It's also... They, yeah, I actually watched Sport Outside of New Zealand. I hope that's okay. They don't. that's okay. They don't run concurrently either. So um, you've got one of them starting at 6.50 and the other starting at 7.30. So I think the All Blacks test starts at... Yeah, fans can watch the Black Ferns live on Spark Sport from 7.30 and then a delayed replay of the All Blacks on Sky Sport at 9.30 if they're uh, lucky enough to have both platforms. Uh, Fans can watch the All Blacks live on Sky Sport from 6.50 and then watch a delayed uh, coverage of the Black Ferns on 3, free-to-air television at uh, 8.30. There's options there. Love to get your uh, perspective on this 0800-150-811. Um, is it a big deal, or is it? Uh, are you in my camp of eh, shrug my shoulders? It's, but tell you what, I don't play women's rugby, and I have not had death by a thousand cuts. That they're probably thinking, and rightly so, that they have been uh, treated, and, and I think rightly second-class citizens. You know, some some games in our national provincial competition, Farah Palmer Cup, are eleven o'clock in the morning. It's like, really, are they giving uh, being given fair opportunity? Uh, do you know what I'm more interested in, Grant, as far as broadcasting? What is that? Uh, that uh, the 2023 Auckland 1A First 15 season uh, will not be broadcast. Interested. This is a fascinating story for me. I'd love to get the re- reflections not only of you, Ben, and also our listeners on 0800 um, I think it's fair I actually read out this uh, report or the, the statement about this. Um, First 15 season will see a return to core values of secondary schools rugby with the decision made by the principals to decline live broadcasts of matches. This decision has been made with a strong and necessary emphasis on the well-being of students at a time when secondary schools rugby players are being exposed to an unhealthy level of scrutiny in both the traditional and social media. I'll pick out some key lines on this long statement that stood out for me. Uh, They've agreed that matches will not be live-streamed and no media interviews will be given before or during the season by coaches or players. Instead, schools will continue to encourage their student bodies and wider communities to uh, attend games in person. Uh, Pat Drum, headmaster of Mount Albert Grammar School, was quoted in this. As educators, we have become increasingly wary of organisations and individuals seeking to treat secondary schools rugby as an extension of the professional game. Uh, They also add later down here, the principals believe that prestige does not require further exposure, augmentation or commercialisation. While there is a consensus that many of the young men involved in this competition will aspire to to play professionally, those in charge of the professional game should have the necessary resources to evaluate uh, the young men into a live setting. Um, Miles Hoggarty, uh, principal of uh, De La Salle College, um, in many cases we are dealing with players as young as 14 or 15, and we do not believe they have the requisite mechanisms to cope with 
the at times unwanted and unregulated attention that has been allowed to develop in this space. Are you as fascinated on the story as I am, Grant? Uh, I've probably been closer to this than than most because um, my previous job we used to stream, or well, we still do, uh, stream cricket at school level and club level. So picture this: I was in Manchester in the UK. I was travelling. I was at the hotel. It was 11 p.m. and I log on and I can watch a live stream of my nine-year-old son playing cricket. They're naked pictures, though, aren't they? They um, not broadcast. There's not commentators. No, you critiquing. can commentate if you want. Yeah, but it's it's real grassroots stuff, and it's free to air on YouTube. It's U- a YouTube stream, so there's no commercialization of it. Um, uh, people or teams would pay for the kit. They'd pay a subscription, and then free to air for anyone that logged on to YouTube. So um, I think that the fact that you pay a subscription to a company who then broadcasts schoolboy rugby, someone's entitled to a piece of the pie. Yeah, no, and, and I I remember being on radio at the time when that um, came down, and I just reflected on myself as a as a school kid who was in a first 15 for a couple of seasons, who was kind of an agitator, sort of politically annoying. <laughs> and the first thing that I thought of is, did the players get any of this? <laughs> and is that fear that they don't? That's probably what I would have agitated if I was one of these players. Well, someone's making money. Why am I not getting a clip of the ticket for game day? Well, were the schools, were the schools getting a, a piece of the pie? I mean, that that's part of it. And then the other side of it is social yeah, and, uh, and media my, my bullying. Point, and... Yeah, my point is not really the point that they're talking about. Yeah, But that's the first thing I thought of is, Oh, that's what I think of as well. I've got my professional uh, sports person's yeah. hat on. And I'm New like, Zealand cricket going, money? we've made $50 million in broadcast revenue. We're not going to give you any of it, though, the players. <laughs> yeah. That would have gone down well, wouldn't it? But I'm sure that the... the Tools prince- down. Tools down. So, the, But the, the principals would have allowed this to happen. They would have allowed uh, the games to be broadcast. And then on reflection, I think they're probably asking the questions that mm. we're asking, which is... Okay, we'll broadcast rights. There's sponsors involved. There's subscriptions. Uh, you know, where's our compensation for it, or where does this go? Can we put it towards a good cause? Um, and then the other side of it, which the players are clearly struggling with, and I can see why, because in professional sport it happens. Anything that is televised um, and commercialized will have scrutiny. Is this an unhealthy level of scru- scrutiny? And I do understand the irony of us throwing this out as a talkback topic and are scrutinising this, and the players by extension as a result, and the, and the schools. I'd uh, love to get your thoughts uh, out there on 0800 150 Is this a, a prudent, a, a smart way, or a, a, you know, as far as you're concerned, um, not that, um, you know, that they've maybe gone a, a step too far and it's a little bit too sensitive. Um, Grant, what do, what do you think about that? You, you've played in the spotlight a lot more than I did. I remember playing one televised game, and it was first year out of university, so I was a lot older than these guys, and probably better equipped to deal with it. Yeah. Um, the two things I remember from that game was the terrible lights at wreck. I could hardly see the ball when Paul Hitchcock was bowling. And um, all I could think about was what John Morrison and Ken Laban were saying in the commentary box <laughs> about how bad I was because I couldn't hit the ball. I literally couldn't see it, let alone hit it. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking back to my worst rugby moment, which I think I have spoken about on the, um, on, on the show. Uh, I was playing in my first ever rugby 
game against Afis, Afrikaans, mm-hmm. who school. These guys were twice the size of us. Um, they were Afrikaans speaking. We were English speaking. So we've already lost because when they come out of the womb, they're given a leather rugby ball <laughs> and a Springbok jersey. And they're like, tackle. And you're given a golden spoon or something. Yeah, and we were given a football <laughs> and sent to a school that only played rugby at the age 14. They were rucking people age six uh, with no, no, no boots on. So my first game, I got the ball at fullback, and it was on my left boot, and I thought, oh, well, I'm in the first 15 now. I should be able to kick with both feet. And I've kicked it with my left foot. It's just sort of skewed off straight into the second center. I'll never forget his name, Eugene Marks, who just – He sounded – he sounds big. Yeah, he was big. He was built like a rhino, and he just ran over me. He ran over me. I tried to tackle him. He ran over me, and then you just heard – because both schools would watch the game. You, you had to. It was compulsory to watch first 15. Yeah. And you just heard, ooh. <laughs> and I imagine that if that was on Sky now with social media, that would probably be on repeat. It would be the Jonah Lomu, Michael Katz moment sort of thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would be a broken man because I wouldn't be able to cope with that at school level. That's so the, you can understand the sentiment of that. That's the bad side of it. The good side of it is, you know, you can do some amazing things on the field. But I think that it just comes under too much public scrutiny when I think school sports should be about family, um, maybe a little bit about alumni being there at the game, um, but it, not necessarily an outsider, a keyboard warrior that, you know, tunes in and you have a poor moment and they, they can open that up to uh, scrutiny for Schoolboys who maybe can't cope with that, that sort of scrutiny. I'd love to get the verdict of our listeners. The lines are open. It's toll-free. You get through right now. 800 Ken uh, via text on double eight double three. Interesting point here. And I understand this. It's sort of a little bit of putting the genie back in the bottle. Um, mm. uh, he writes, Morning, guys. These schools have suddenly found their ethical voice. Ha! The same schools that have no problem poaching players from all over the place. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that, Ken. Um, I, I did find it um, quite interesting that... They were very keen, uh, high up in the press release, to, to highlight the great strides in recent years they've uh, done with regards to recruitment in, in that competition itself. So I recognise, I think they clearly recognise maybe that um, they've been a little bit slow to the party on that one. Uh, Brendan writes, morning gents, no rugby for me tonight. Instead, it will be supercars followed by the Black Caps T20 game. Hope you enjoy, Brendan. Hope you enjoy um, what looks like a, a full day of fun for you. Supercars, then uh, we hope some super cricket. Uh, and Mary writes, and this is an interesting one. Boys, I have a dilemma. I have said for many years that when, in capitals, the Wellington Lions win the premiership and held the shield, I would get a WRFU spider web as my tattoo on my wrist. As a woman of a certain age, is that okay or a bit tacky? Question mark, Mary. Well, Mary, it's your body. I don't care what you do to it. I love the patch. I love the fact that you're actually willing to see this, to see this through. I would have found a way to wiggle out of it. Well, I don't pay my debts. We know this, Grant. You know, in, yeah. any loophole, my my lawyer, my lawyers will be into it. <laughs> I I actually I do love the passion um, that Mary talks about with tattooing WRFU on her wrist. I don't think it matters what age you are, Mary. I think what you have to do is you have to be a person of substance and honour. So, if you said you were going to do that. I think you have to do it because I had some friends that I was on a WhatsApp with just before the uh, the World Cup semi-final against South Africa, and it was old school friends, and they said, 
if you beat South Africa tomorrow, we will tattoo a fern on our butt cheeks. Mm. And one of my friends who, um, post-COVID, he will be coming to New Zealand, and we are finding a tattoo parlor. Right. I will probably video it for you to show you that he got a fern. And that's uh, a real diehard South African fan that will be doing that. So, Mary, honor your bets. I think that that's the only way to keep your credibility with your friends. Are you okay about that, Mary? Grant Elliott says you must. Um, And don't worry, a woman of a, a certain age. Anyone can get a tattoo, right? Let's do it on the wrist, WRFU, so that you can turn your hand open. And yeah, but it's a WRF. It's a spider, spider web. web. Yeah, no. Well, you can do it on the inside wrist. I yeah. think that that's fair enough. Okay. Um, I, I'm sure many people have sporting-inspired sporting tattoos out there. <laughs> there are. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... Go on. Anyone listening got a sporting-inspired tattoo? Um, tell us why you did it um, and, and where it is, if you're brave enough. 0800 150 811. Good luck, Mary. And, and last uh, message before we get to a break, double eight double three. keep your message rolling in. We love hearing from you. Love your contribution to the show. It's from Brian. It writes, morning, Daniel and Grant. When I get off uh, me, my tractor tonight, love that, when I get off my tractor, I'll be watching the V8 supercars at the GC. We'll watch a replay of the ABs to see how RTS goes. Watch the Black Ferns if they make the final. As for Auckland rugby, uh, School Rugby, I couldn't give two hoots. Uh, fair enough, Brian. That is uh, your prerogative on all of those. Um, and I understand the... Um, the ABs and RTS. I don't think you're alone on that because there is quite a bit of fascination about uh, um, his transition, the lack of what I've described as a clear plan for him since he's come over. Um, yeah, that, that certainly is um, a, a, a really interesting aspect of that game. We will take a short break, 21 minutes after 10 o'clock. Your chance to join the show. Love to hear your voice, your thoughts. 0800 150 That's my twin. <laughs> Jack Black. Oh, I went on rocking the bed anyway. 26 minutes after 10 o'clock. Our number is 0800-150-811. You can text us on double eight double three. Busy old show for you. Here's your chance to play a part. Uh, open line talk. Uh, Grant and I will break down the T20 World Cup. We are lucky enough, privileged enough to be part of the uh, SCNZ commentary team uh, for this uh, tournament, uh, which has certainly uh, had its lack of action during the week. I've been stood down tonight, though. Haven't well, you're unavailable. We've, uh, we've got in DK Lilly. Oh, Ennis really? Lilly to, to team up with Jeff Thompson. Brilliant. But Who's that? Richard Petrie. Oh, Peaches. Peaches is coming in off loves the... Uh, loves a man-cad. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does. I, and I can tolerate man-cad. <laughs> you on the other end, you moral high horse. Uh, as far as what else is coming up on the show today, our Saturday session Legends segment. And we're inspired by the uh, Black Sox announcing their squad for another tilt at uh, World Softball Championships. They've uh, won one or two in their time. Arish Castley is going to join us. A, a man who uh, captained New Zealand to a world title last year, was inducted into the uh, Softball International Hall of Fame. He had a, um, had a Superman-esque moment. Might have even better than, been better than yours, are, Grant. I'm pretty sure it was in a final. In a final. Uh, had a mighty home run. I uh, can't wait to catch you with Reese. He's a fine uh, gentleman. He'll join us at about quarter past 11. Uh, we'll catch up with Joey Wheeler uh, to talk some code as well. Uh, we'll look at uh, the All Blacks up against Japan uh, and thoughts on uh, the Black Ferns up against Wales. So, so odd, this this Women's World Cup with the, with the pool and only two teams dropping out after group stage and quarter final against the side that you've already played. At a tournament, wonder if that's actually sort of hard to get up for. Uh, we'll throw those questions. It's been going it. for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it, well, it, it feels it's, like it's, it's just... time for knockout footy. It's time yeah. for games of you know real consequence. Yeah, I just love elimination sport, and that's why you know I, 
you know, football I get to commentate here at SCNZ, and we've got the World Cup. We can't wait to bring you the World Cup here on SCNZ. Really excited for that. But, you know, a little bit later, four years' time, we're going to have an expanded tournament, and there's going to be lots of knockout games. And that's probably the only positive I see uh, in that, and also probably New Zealand get, um, you know, direct entry. Do you also think, though, that with the Women's World Cup, do you think that maybe because there's only really three teams in it, um, but that will obviously well, grow as, as the sport can, becomes as as, more popular. As far more as contenders? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what you hope, that these mm. tournaments uh, certainly do. Uh, here's an unnamed message, double eight, double three. Love to get uh, your name on these messages and where you're from especially. Uh, this one says, great news by those prim- principals, duty of care, looking after the development of our young people. Uh, Peter writes, Kia men. Uh, just imagine if RTS is, a br- is as brilliant on a rugby field as it is on a league part. Uh, wouldn't that uh, shake the selection blanket? Absolutely. Well, it's always been a bit of a promise, though, isn't it? Uh, and it's been fits and starts. You know, COVID got in the way. Injuries got in the way. Blue side that had lots of options. Um, you know, I, I, what position? I, I always felt it was never going to be a foregone conclusion to be a success, mainly due to his age and the fact, you know, he didn't have a lot of runway. Um, so I wish him luck. I hope, hope he goes well because he's so fun. He is such a fun player. And um, then I've just deleted someone's message. That was really good of me. I think it was this one. Uh, G'day, gents. I'm usually in the anti-woke brigade, but I think the schools have made the right decision here. However, maybe the game should be recorded and available only for rugby scouts, uh, club coaches, and professional clubs. Uh, so those who perform well are still on the spotlight. It will cut out the negative elements, such as uh, bullying online. Um, yes, over a howler from Heath. I wanted to get your name, Heath. I knew it was in there. Thank you very much, Heath. Uh, yeah, let, let's not think for a second that they're still not going to be scouted. Yeah. Um, the one thing is maybe our Super Rugby franchises might actually have to get out and about and you know do some old-fashioned scouting, actually well, go to games. Yeah, well, well themselves. I, I was going to say exactly that, is that you don't need video footage to be scouted. I know that if you want to go overseas and you want to get scholarships to American universities and that maybe they require you know a portfolio of videos, but... You know, you would hope that the the pathway has already been set for a lot of these players, that there is a pathway to, if you want to go professional, then become part of an, a youth rep team in Wellington or Auckland or whatever it may be. I know that in cricket, a lot of players slip into the space of, they finish school to almost the A side, there's nothing in between. So you go and play club cricket. So you have to perform at club cricket where... You know, the pitches are, let's be honest, you know, when the Wellington City Council produces a nice juicy one in the beginning of the season. Well, we develop block bash cricketers. Yes. Yeah, because it's tough conditions. And with a regulation ball that's seeming and swinging all over the place, um, no sight screen. I remember facing Shane Bond out of a red brick house um, at Rickerton Park in Christchurch on um, a pitch that was going through the top. And um, he was. And you're not over it. Well, he was coming. He was coming back from injury, and this was the first time he was going to let the hand break down. Oh my goodness! I wish I hadn't uh, leading edged my first ball for two, because I leading edged it past point, and I came back for the second. I should have just stayed there and let my partner mm. face the rest of the over. But yeah, uh, tough conditions. But that pathway needs to be, I think, a little bit more. Um, Ah, what's the word? Um, just settled, uh, organised for for players of all ages, and especially from 
high school through to um, making that decision to become professional. Uh, uh, sports Nut, sports Nut writes this because they add in, and I'm a sports nut. The Women's World Cup being on Spark, a spark is stuff the tournament's like being invisible. I keep forgetting it's, it's even on. You could argue that about every subscriber-based model. Mm. You know, I think one of the long-term ramifications of Sky going behind a paywall is, you know, <laughs> not, not everyone has an easy entry point to that. But, you know, sports are entitled to make money, aren't they? They are, but I've always said on this show, um, and I've changed my mind, obviously, since I've become a parent, um, you know, there's 5 million people in New Zealand, 5 million people should have access to all sport. Sport is such an important part in everyone's lives. Um, I've just come from grassroots basketball, and which is why I was sort of four minutes just before we went on, on air. But it's so awesome to see kids engaging in team sports where they're learning so many skills that maybe they wouldn't learn in the classroom. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that for sure. Uh, and to that sports note, I'm unaware if you have uh, Spark. Uh, I enjoy their catalogue for sure. Just a reminder, um, there's a replay of it on 3, free to air at 8.30. That's good. So there you go. Um, so it is free to air. Right, we're at the bottom of the hour. Time to uh, unwrap the sporting news of the day. Is you ready yourself for your sporting Saturday? Good luck to all the weekend warriors out there. We do love you. Uh, we call it editor at large as we add in our totally unwarranted and sometimes off-the-cuff sporting opinion. Let's start off with the Rugby League World Cup. As I mentioned at the top, Kiwis have topped their poll at the Rugby League World Cup after a comfortable 48 points to 10 win over Ireland. Um, which finished not that uh, long ago. The Kiwis ran in 10 tries. Jerome Hughes, Peter Haku and Jordan Rapana all scoring doubles. A quarterfinal matchup against Fiji is on the cards, Grant. How's your rugby league uh, history? Oh, not great. Not good? You, Come you... on, Grant. You should. Kiwis against Fiji in a quarterfinal? You should be quaking in your boots, man. One... It wasn't far from here. It was at Sky Stadium. I've been to one World Cup game, Five Daniel. Five years ago, mate. Five years ago. Wellington, when Fiji beat New Zealand in the highest scoring game that I can remember, four points to two. <laughs> two penalties apiece, wasn't it? Trialist encounter, Ben Francis, our rugby league expert and rugby league historian. You remember that game fondly, Ben? <laughs> sure do. <laughs> sure do. The two-word response, what, is a, a, a good reflection on how you felt about that performance in that campaign five years ago? Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay, so I, my challenge is get him to say more than three words today. <laughs> ben, well, is that starting lineup we saw against Ireland likely to start in the quarterfinal against said uh, Fijian? Every chance. <laughs> hey, okay. Okay. What will it take for me to get you to say more than two words today, Ben Francis? Not sure. <laughs> hey, you want to have a go at this game? No, I uh, don't. Okay. I, I want to let, let Great radio. Ben B. Yeah. Good idea. Uh, basketball, the New Zealand Breakers continued uh, their excellent start to the Aussie NBL season, thumping the Adelaide 36ers on Friday, uh, th- or last night, th- 99 points to 70. Um, yeah, really nice result. Um, they just look far better this time around. That's uh, quite exciting. Imports, Jarrell Brantley and uh, Barry Brown Jr. Great name, that one, Barry Brown Jr. I'm a big fan. Led the way with 22 points apiece. Former also grabbing nine rebounds and four steals. The Auckland Bay side improved their record um, on the road to four and one. That's uh, really positive, isn't it? Consolidating second place on the ladder behind the Sydney Kings and enhancing their reputation as one of the competition's leading contenders against a, a side that uh, I was really looking, 
looking at this game as oh, not a complete litmus test. I, 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 it's sort of showing good signs, but that, they were third, Adelaide, um, heading into that game. The Breakers now return back to New Zealand to take on, I shake my head again, this nickname. It's up there with a bad sporting tattoo. No regrets. Tasmania <laughs> Jack Jumpers at Auckland Spark Arena uh, this, uh, tomorrow. Uh, football now, Arsenal's Pablo Mari says he feels lucky to have escaped life-threatening injuries after being stabbed and seeing a person die in front of him at an Italian supermarket. Ugh. Murray's on loan from Monza from Arsenal. I had to undergo surgery to reconstruct the two injured muscles in his back. 29-year-old is set to be out of football for two months and uh, recently posted on social media saying he is feeling well. Uh, that's fantastic wow. to hear. Um, yeah, that's, that's such a troubling story, isn't it? And uh, just like Sam Kane's um, thick neck saving him from severe spinal damage, uh, the surgeon who operated on Murray said, his muscular mass is such that the length of his knife that was used couldn't pass through the rib cage and hit his lung. Why? Why was he stabbed? I don't know. He was stabbed, Grant, which is pretty horrific. Why? You angling for? No, I mean, do people hunt out sporting stars to go and stab them if they do something? No, wrong there's just or? a lot of violent critters. Critters on this planet at the moment. Was it? Have Mon- you not noticed? It's quite an angry world out there. It is an angry. There's a lot of irrational people out there. Was it Monica Sellers that got yes. um, stabbed? And then one of the tennis stars had someone hiding in their cupboard, didn't they? What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll, I'll Google that. I'll find out. I'll. I have to qualify that. I'm pretty sure it was them. I don't think it was. You sure Car- it wasn't Kardashians or something? Someone but I mean, hiding stalkers. In your closet. There's so many odd units out there. Yeah, they're really. Leave the sports stars alone. Leave them alone. Just be nice to each other. Just let them get on the field and get to work. I mean, that's yeah. why there's so many guards now, because they were scared. Like, we couldn't sign autographs at some grounds because they said, well, you have to be careful. Someone might stab you. That was after the Monica Sellers thing. Mm. I was like, wow. I mean, who goes to a ground to go, I wish Elliot didn't get out, you know, for single figures all the time. Such a rubbish test player. I think I'm going to go to the ground and stab him, teach him a lesson. Well, the Monica Sellers one was based on, uh, I think the nutter was a massive fan of Steffi Graf. And didn't, oh. like, the, didn't like the fact that Ste- Steffi Graf was losing her mantle as the best player. Oh, well, that's player. fair enough then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No. I'm just trying to, you know, you know, show you just how mad people are. Bring the love. It's scary Share world, the yeah. love in sport. Yeah, can we get some Bob Marley playing or something? Uh, jo- like, who says I don't love you? And then I'm mean to you. Well, my wife does most weeks. Um, I'll read this text. Come on, Grant. I saw you get 100 on 993A against Onslow. No sight screens, but you were just a monster. A few years back, though, now. <laughs> Thank you, John. Lovely message. Excellent stuff. Uh, that was Editor-at-Large unpacking the, uh, the sporting stories you must hear about. Um, and that Pablo Mari one, um, you know, as horrific as it is, you know, really troubling, but um, also fascinating. 21 away from uh, 11 o'clock. Short break. We'll talk some T20 World Cup with the SENZ commentary team, who happen to be us. So we're all about love now after that horrific story. Yeah, I love said peace, man. show the love. Show the show love. The love. I'm Why be... go to sporting events aggressive gonna... and ready to abuse people? I'm going to be nice to you today. <laughs> That's going to be tough for you. It is. It's going to be really tough. SNZ's T20 Cricket World Cup for Rosine, the paint the professionals use. All right, Grant Elliott. New Zealand sit atop 
of uh, group number one now, don't they, on three points, but so to England, Ireland, Australia have three points. Uh, Sri Lanka has two. Um, I think Afghanistan's only on one now, aren't they? No, they're, they're on two as well. They've had two right outs. So they're on two points. Well, I know that because I'm on a I'm on a WhatsApp group with Jonathan Trott, the coach, and everyone was complimenting him on back-to-back <laughs> points. He said a great, great time for him to extend his contract. How's this? At the start of the tournament, the TAB said Australia were favourites at $3.60. Australia are now $5.50. India were third favourites at $4.50. They have shortened to $3 and are favourites. Oh, wow. England were at $4, but they've blown back out to $6 and are now listed as fifth favourite. There's a lot of fluctuation is basically my point. Where New Zealand, who started the tournament at $10 and sixth favourite, are now second favourite at $4.50. Of course, that's probably a help by New Zealanders maybe getting on the bandwagon. How much should they be on the bandwagon, Grant? We've got about four minutes to discuss this. $10. I mean, that, that's... that was prior to the tournament. The right now, they're paying four fifty. I put us. Odds have shortened markedly. We were fifth or sixth in the world. I think Australia were ahead of us prior to this tournament. Other way around, we were fifth. Australia was sixth. Yeah, it's moving nice. nice. And um, I, I looked at that and I was like, yeah, that's probably a true reflection of where we are. I thought Australia, India, um, England, top three, and then probably Pakistan. I put as as being, you know, in that top four. Now, when you look at Pakistan's tournament, Whoa. they could have beaten India. And now they've lost to Zimbabwe. By one run. And should have beaten Zimbabwe. Wow. So they should have been two from two, from two top of the table. And now they're probably the, the CEO and the board are on the blower to the coach going, what's going on? Well, You've got India to drop needed, them all. India <laughs> needed 53 or 54 off the last four overs. Yeah. It's like... 53 off 24 balls. That was an incredible, incredible innings from Virat Kohli. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go and find the highlights because because it's India, it'll be there. Don't worry. It'll be on every social media platform in the world. They would need a 28 of eight balls. And you would think, okay, well, they need a boundary at least just to get them down to 22 off the last over maybe to give them a chance. And Virat Kohli went bang at six. It was it was back, foot. back of a length, and he's managed to just get back in the crease and somehow get enough power through the shot to hit it back over the bowler's head with almost like a semi-vertical bat. No, don't say it, Daniel. And then... Don't say it. Real cricket ground. And, <laughs> and the next next delivery, a little bit top edge-ish, got inside it and helped it on its way. It was a short delivery from Harris Ralph. He should have gone Yorker, Yorker. He didn't. And paid the price. They needed 16 off the last over, and they nailed it. So now India are looking at being one of the favourites. Okay, you've dodged the question though. Yeah. New Zealand's chances. How should everyone be charging on the bandwagon? Well, you, you should have I, at ten dollars. I asked you um, against Afghanistan uh, to, uh, ahead of the game against Afghanistan. After that Australian result, give me one word to sum up how the New Zealand cricket fan and you is feeling it. And you went with. Content. Content. Very nice. Uh, I'll throw that question out to the listeners. One word to sum up your feelings of New Zealand's chances at the T20 World Cup. Double eight, double three. This is a text text response. Fire them through right now. We had great responses. Cautious. Nervous. Someone was aroused. Chris was aroused. Oh, you remember Chris. I don't yeah. know why you remember his name. That's alarming. 
That's a word. Uh, double eight, double three. Uh, ben Francis can do this game too because it only requires one word. One word um, to sum up your thoughts, Ben, on New Zealand's chances in the T20 World Cup. Very good. <laughs> he used to. But he's, thumb, he's thumbing one. He's, that, that's two fingers right there. Bless him. I like that. I like that. Double eight, double three. But in all seriousness, 60 seconds, Grant. Oh well, let's. Oh, Are they okay. still fifth or sixth favourite? I'm still. Content. Are we overreacting to one game? Listen, the the jokers in the pack are Sri Lanka, so they they need to beat England and the Black Caps along with Afghanistan to get to four wins. Now, Sri Lanka, it's possible they're not the worst team. What I've noticed in this tournament at the moment is the ball is swinging, the ball is moving. So and all their fast bowlers are injured. Yeah, but. T20 players need a ball that is not moving and not swinging. Generally, that's why you pick. There's not a lot of test cricketers that can transfer their game from test cricket, the genuine, pure test cricketers, to T20 at a, at a hefty strike rate. You look at guys like Joss Butler, Liam Livingston. So the ball is moving, which brings the other teams into the game, which is why we've seen Ireland beat um, uh, England, and we've seen uh, Zimbabwe beat Pakistan. Early wickets. Early wickets puts uh, puts the pressure on. So have New Zealand gone up your table of contenders? Definitely. Okay, so behind, moving. give me your top three. Now, you're, you're redrawn top three. Top three, South Africa, India, New Zealand. Wow, top South three. Africa's the big climber. Yeah. Interesting stuff. More thoughts from Grant uh, as the show goes on. Uh, we'll look more at uh, New Zealand and Sri Lanka perhaps a little bit later. It's 10 away from 11. Let us know your thoughts. One word answer, your feeling on New Zealand's chances, of New Zealand's chances of uh, winning the T20 World Cup, going one better than they did last year. 10 away from 11. Grant, uh, the one-word answers are flowing in. Uh, let's take a snapshot of them. Uh, positive writes Brendan. He's positive. That's good from Brendan. Paddy in Christchurch uh, writes, he's full of apprehension. Apprehension is his word. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably with you there, Paddy. I, I like to stay level. <laughs> okay. So, Paddy... A realist. Stay apprehensive. Pete writes one word, bullish. Yes, Pete. Finn to get us to the finish finally, writes Pete. He is bullish, like a bullish fan. You see, the problem with that, Pete, is that you're going from a, a, a point of view where you're very positive, you're bullish, you're like, Finn Allen's going to get us to the finish line, and you've you've got the ability to then fall down that roller coaster. I like to stay with apprehension and contentment so that I'm neither too positive nor too negative. Otherwise, it just gets too emotional. It's the joy of being a fan, though, is it? That's what fandom's all about. Which our other fan who... Too high, the... too low, stuff the middle ground. And our other fans are a little bit too low. Yeah, it's good for you athletes, but not <laughs> for us fans, mate. Give you one-word answers coming through about uh, your thoughts on the chances of the Black Caps. We'll get Grant uh, to break down New Zealand and up against Sri Lanka on the other side of this uh, break. In the next hour, Rhys Casely will also join us. He is our... Sporting legend for this week in association with Somerset, the former Black Sox uh, captain and world champion. Wahoo! Wahoo! <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Mate, that was. Ben Francis <laughs> shaking I his know head I'm at me. I'm supposed to be positive and full of love, but. Grant, you can, you can show more energy next that time. That wasn't mate. a wahoo. Should I go, wahoo! Yes, yes that's it. Sell it. Yes! Yes! Be excited! Excited you're on Let's here go. talking about the thing we love. That's what Sri Lanka need to do. They need to get excited for tonight's game. Aroused. Even. Well, I don't know if you want to tell your team to get aroused. There was a time when India 
had a um, culture coach, Paddy uh, Upton, who said no, um, no partners on tour because he didn't want them getting too aroused in the evening. So he wanted them to have that real frustrated feeling leading into the games. I've never understood that. No. I mean, I've, I think I've never understood. If you want to fire an athlete up, put children in a room with them and the wife. <laughs> so he's so no, fired up with lack of sleep. Send the partner out for a night out and leave them with the kid alone. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, that's even better. And then get the partner to send, you know, photos back. Having a great time. Great time. So glad that, I'm that here. Will, that will push the in emotional. Australia. That will push the emotional <laughs> buttons. Uh, required to get up for a big game. Uh, we want to know your one word uh, to describe your thoughts of New Zealand's chances at the T20 World Cup on the back of a historic 89-run um, victory over Australia. It was a huge win. It was a mighty performance. Uh, top to toe, one of the best white ball uh, performances at a major event from a New Zealand perspective, for sure. Uh, we will again provide commentary uh, here on SENZ. Uh, our coverage starts at 8.30, the toss uh, just after that our first ball against Sri Lanka at nine o'clock. Um, some other words that have come through. Zane, I do like this one. You'll appreciate this one, being the big multi fan that you are. Uh, his one word is multi. $10 on the black caps, black ferns and kiwis, 550 Cheers. Right, Zane. Good on you, Zane. Good luck to you and all those sides. Uh, this word, though, uh, leaves me a little bit confused as to um, how the person who sent it is actually feeling. There is no name attached to it, no city or province or region. Cataclysmic. It's just, that's that's the extreme side of negative. Who did we have? We had Bullish, uh, who said that Finn Allen was going to take it to the end, and cataclysmic. That sounds like destruction. I don't think the All Blacks are in that no, position. No, cataclysmic is large scale and violent, right? Oh, is it? I yeah. thought it was like you can be cataclysmic you, you explosion. You can be big and violent and nasty. On a sporting field, and it turned into a positive, okay, right? That, yeah, that is a positive. It sounds like a positive. It's it sounded negative initially. I always thought it was a cataclysmic. Well, generally, explosion. There's probably more more cases where it's used in a negative mm. um, negative sense. We're going to use it in a positive this morning and carry on the yep. positive roller coaster that we're on. Uh, get your calls coming in if you want. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Um, or not. We will. Uh, ask now, Grant, your thoughts on tonight's game. Uh, New Zealand up against Sri Lanka. Yeah, um, I think what I have read and what I've seen, obviously Sri Lanka were in the prelimin- preliminary stages, so they had to qualify for the tournament. So they've been in Australia for a long time. Um, they've lost three of their frontline fast bowlers to injury. And Mburia had left after five balls. Yeah. Which is real shit, because he was bowling some nice little induckers. I know, and Sri Lankan bowlers would actually be quite effective when the ball is, is swinging a bit. Mm. However, we saw at Sydney, the weather's meant to be good. We saw at Sydney, there wasn't a lot of swing. Stark searched for swing early on, and they actually reverted to slow balls. Trent bolts um, first over, though, Grant. Bowling, out, yeah. bowling late on. No, true, true. So, um, for them, they need a little bit of movement, be it spin or seam. Uh, they have moaned a little bit about their um, their draw, but that's because they, they started from the, the qualifiers, so you never really know. How can you moan about your draw if you're in the qualifying tournament? Yeah, exactly. Um, it, well, it is you tough, you know. better at the last T20 World they've, they go Conditions that should have probably favoured you. Yeah, but they've been all over Australia. And, and I mean, it's T20 oh, cricket. I see. Oh, the actual logistics yes. of the draw. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which can be tough, but I what I see as a positive sh- for Sri Lanka is that they've been there a long time now. 
they should be more accustomed to the conditions than New Zealand are because New Zealand have just played the one game. And Tim Southey made the comment um, uh, recently where he said, you know, it feels like it's been a while since we've played, but we've had a couple of good trainings in between. Trainings isn't the same as being no. ma- match fit. Sri Lanka had a tough game against Australia. Stoinis absolutely destroyed Wanindu Hasaranga, who uh, went north for 53. And of he'd, three overs. Of three overs. He got Stoinis. Stoinis was very lucky in the first four or five balls of that innings. <clears throat> yeah, the way, the, the, the way that he plays, because he's um, you know, so risk-averse, he, um, or he's risky, he he hits the ball in the air. And if you hit the ball in the air, you're going to have rocks or diamonds. Mm-hmm. Glenn Maxwell sort of style. And that's the, the worrying thing about, I guess, the Aussies. But they can have a moment like that, these players, where they take the game away from you. We always used to say in a competition, a Super Smash competition, if you have two innings where you win the game for the team, you've had an exceptional tournament. So it's not so much about consistency, one-day cricket, is more about consistency. Tests more about consistency. T20 cricket is about match-winning performances, yeah. and New Zealand have a lot more match winners than Sri Lanka going into this game. Double eight, double three. Keep your messages rolling in, especially your one word uh, to sum up uh, New Zealand's chances at this World Cup. Thoughts of Grant Elliott, who uh, will be missing tonight. Richard Petrie will be alongside me. Our coverage starts at 8.30 here on SENZ. All right, it is time for uh, my nominations for the Midas Tires Workhorse of the Week, Grant. Who or what team has been the hardest worker in all of sport, as far as I'm concerned? Who's been toiling, you might say, the land and bringing the best out of who we are as New Zealanders and sports fans. Uh, this is all in association with Midas Agritires, the choice of leading manufacturers, Midas Agritires, European quality made affordable. I'm um, all about the Wellington propaganda today. <laughs> well, you started gonna, off the show with Wellington yeah, propaganda. Exactly. My non-nomination, though, goes to the Wellington Firebirds. Your old bunch. Oh, can you leave us alone? Your oh, Dad's my- army and... You always said, you know, you try to be positive, to be fair, whenever you interviewed me, but I'm we, sorry. Were, we were rubbish. I'm sorry, but Wellington got bowled out for 80 and 87 this week. What's wrong with that? Well, they were dismissed for a combined total of 167 across two innings, which is Wellington's lowest first-class aggregate score since December 1887. Well, obviously, Canterbury were dismissed for a lot fewer. Than, did they win the game? They, got, they won by 290 runs, Grant. They got 350 on the second innings. Um, you've got to go back to, they were playing Nelson on uncovered pitches. So they're my non-nomination, but um, my nomination for the Workhorse of the Week, Grant. Well, Association you... with Midas Agritires, the Wellington Lions. I don't need to explain. I don't need to explain. G'day, Zane. Welcome aboard. G'day, G'day Zane. Zane. Hey, it's Wellington propaganda, mate. I'm just um, heading up, heading into the city from Paraparu. It was nice and fearing uh, weather. I'm just pulling into Johnsonville, and it's absolutely pissing now. Yeah, well, it's raining titles, mate. It's all those trophies falling down from the sky, you know. It's, I know it's, it, it's, it's causing havoc on the streets. Hopefully all the tin isn't, isn't shattered your windows. Oh, mate, you're mighty up at lines. How good last weekend. Hey, um, just on the cricket, <laughs> um, watching the Black Caps the other night, this is a feeling I very, very, really get watching cricket, but you get every now and then with the All Blacks like I had in the 2015 final. Tight game, but you never had a... A question that we were going to win, and I pretty much felt that way from about four overs in with the Black Caps. Um, you know, they even, especially two or three balls into their innings, we were just too good. Yeah, um, Zane, it's really interesting. Interesting. 
Oh, sorry. Carry on, Zane. Carry oh, there's on. a slight delay, no, but I apologize, Zane. I was curious to hear what you had to say about that. Yeah, so interesting that you say that because I think Daniel made that exact comment. He said, said, you know, three or four overs in, he had no doubt that, you know, Australia were on the back foot and we were going to win that game. And you're right, from three or four overs, it was actually from the first over, Australia took a backward step and they were just never in the game. They never got back into the game. Yeah, good teams win from that position after three overs. That, that, was, that was my call. Yeah. So um, there, was, there was something different about the body language. There was something different about the way that we approached the game and uh, the execution on bowling, batting, and fielding, which I haven't seen, and a lot of people have said post that game, have never seen uh, as complete performance put together from a Black Caps team as they did uh, in that game against Australia in the pool stages. Mate, confidence, confidence and aggression. Mate. You look at those games we played against the Australians a month or so back, it was complete opposite, you know, bowling Santner, when you've got a guy in there with a broken leg, batting, you know, um, this time going all out, it was great. But quick question for you, um, are they using the Duke or the Kookaburra ball at the moment? The second part of it is I'm kind of curious why it is that we seem to be able to um, swing it so better or so much better than the Aussies. What makes a fast bowler be able to swing and another guy not be able to yeah, a, a good question, Zane. This is the, the dark arts of swing. I think when you watch the replays on TV, if you're watching it on TV and listening to SENZ with Daniel McCarty commentating, uh, try to get the timing right, um, you'll see that the seam is upright. Now, I would say that the best presentation of seams I've seen in this tournament so far has been India. And I don't know if you've watched the Indian bowlers. They're swinging it both ways. Whoever the bowling coach is for India, I need to actually research that. But they're doing an excellent job. So when you watch the likes of Bolt Saudi, there's also an optimal sort of pace for swing. You're not going to see someone like Lockie Ferguson swing at a mile. Whereas Bolt and Saudi, they're around that sort of high 130s, um, sort of under 140 Ks an hour where they can swing the ball. So it's an upright seam, the pace of the delivery, and then also on the day, depending on humidity, moisture in the air. So um, the, the, the key is to getting that seam upright. If it's a scrambled seam, you've got no chance. So you want to get that swing to get wickets early on. Yeah, theirs was theirs was a little bit more reverse swing, Zane. Uh, which well, we was him in the first overs of games. Yeah, true. Man. How many right-handers were Plum LBW's first ball of games? Yeah, Wazim was more like 140. Waka was probably you know higher speed, and he's you know had a slingy action, almost like a Malinga type action where he swung the ball away. But Wazim was a huge uh, amazing you know, skill, yeah. amazing skill. Yeah. Excellent at swing. Hey, great to hear your voice, Zane. Please drive safe on uh, Wellington's roads with all those uh, trophies falling from the sky. Uh, hope it goes well, mate. And we'll catch up with you soon, we do hope. Thanks, Zane. Cheers, great mate. thoughts. Good luck with the call tonight, eh? Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, mate. Uh, 0800 That is our number. Feel free to use it. Double eight, double three. Uh, fire in your thoughts uh, um, about anything to do with sport. We've given you lots of topics you may want to get into. Um, you, you are our lifeblood, our oxygen. See, that's full of love, isn't it? Um, your contribution means a lot to us. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, we will take a short break, though. On the other side, it's going to be uh, time for our legend. I think one of just nine New Zealand men have been uh, entered into uh, the Softball Hall of Fame, the International Softball Hall of Fame, and one of them is going to join us after this break, uh, Mr Grant Elliott, an absolute champion of Hutt Valley, too. So not too far from where we are. 
Um, our legend segment in association with Somerset Think Legendary Care, Think Somerset Retirement Villages. Another episode of the Saturday Session Legends up after this. Big time player indeed, International Softball Hall of Famer now after being inducted in 2021, a long time servant of New Zealand softball, a very high level captain to our side, world champion, and uh, now a Saturday session legend, which surely Grant Elliott will eclipse everything. Welcome aboard to the Saturday session legend in association with Somerset. Rich Gaisley does join us uh, today. Rich, I'd like to know, when you and Grant sat next together at the Halbergs, who talked more about their big hit, your Homer or his, uh, you know, little... <laughs> You know, miss hit chip over mid on at that basket case of a cricket ground. G'day, Reese. <laughs> yeah, g- g'day, boys. Good, good to talk to you. Um, I, I think it'd probably be fair to say neither of us really spoke about our uh, our, our little moment in the sun. There it was just it was nice to meet Grant and spend some time with him. Is <laughs> <laughs> it nice to hear that clip again? Yeah, I, I suppose it is. And um, you know, you mentioned the, the Hall of Fame ceremony there a couple of months back, and. Um, you know, I, I suppose, you know, at the end of any sporting career or, you know, w- with what we go through as uh, athletes at, at an elite level, it's, it's just a nice time to reflect. And uh, because, you know, I, I don't think uh, we, we give ourselves that opportunity uh, too much while we're still playing, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's certainly nice to, to, to listen to that again and, um, uh, you know, just, just think back with fond memories, absolutely. Yeah, what do you remember of that moment? I, for the for the uninitiated, for the listeners, well, it's mm. during the it's during the final. It's one all, yep. bottom of the third. Yep. It's, it's a big hit. I, I'm guessing you're as skipper. You, you're trying to keep composed because there's still a long way to go. But you know, just the thrill, you know, the emotions pulsating through your person. D- describe that when you actually jack it out of the park. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. Um... Well, what I do remember is my first at bat, and I actually struck out with runners on base. And um, you know, I, I just, uh, I guess, I remember um, uh, reflecting on that at bat, and uh, they changed the pitches after that, and, and it was the same guy who we'd faced the night before, and he came at me with the same sequence uh, from the night before when I'd, I'd had a good hit, also. Um, but obviously, just in the moment, and I'm sure Grant will appreciate this. It's, it's almost like. It's almost like you don't feel the ball hit the bat, and it's like you're just floating around the bases, and um, it, it, it sort of goes really quickly, you know. Um, and just seeing the elation on on the crowd, and um, you know the, the teammates coming out of the out of the dugout there, it was uh, yeah, pretty special feeling. Yeah, I I, I can hear exactly the same sort of sentiments, Reese. Um, I think the first thing was relief for me uh, mm-hmm. at the moment, mm-hmm. but then also you mentioned the teammates, and I think. You know, you look at the teammates and how happy they are that, you know, you, you've got the team over the line and it's not about you as an individual at the moment because there's so many other moments that go towards winning a game, obviously. Um, and to, to be able to play in a, a team sport is phenomenal. And yet you were at a young age, I read, um, at Fraser Park looking after the bats for your dad. So you were brought into the game. Your dream started then, didn't it? You were dreaming of, of home runs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had no choice, mate. That was uh, that was always going to be my, <laughs> my destiny, if you like. Um, 
but you know, certainly thankful for that. A lot of fond memories of, of, of being a young fella around the park, and um, you know, obviously as, as many Kiwis do, uh, um, you know, especially in our sport, very family orientated sport. Um, it, it starts with our parents, you know. Well, well, tell us, Barry, right? Barry's your old man's name, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. You know, tell us about that relationship and and how he brought it, you into the sport. Oh man, um, you know, yeah, just. I was always uh, I was always the kid hanging around, you know, um, hanging around Dad and his team, and I just wanted to be one of the guys. Um, you know, Dad was uh, Dad was you know a great father. Spent a lot of time with me uh, as a as a young fella. Uh, he was he was an elite player himself. Uh, had a uh, had a New Zealand trial at one point. Um, played for Hutt Valley for many many years. But um, I, I think I just look back on that, and I just I'm probably just thankful more than anything, and thankful of the time um, the time that he gave me. Um, and and you know, it certainly. Uh, certainly, a, a part of what paves the path, pathway for me to be a to be a father to my son, you know. So, um, yeah, just thankful, I think, of, of, of all that time we got to spend together. Reese, uh, a lot of people don't see the the hard times in sport. I think that they think that you know success is a, a linear line, and you just go from you know great moments, great moments to you know a, a moment like like yours. Um, mm-hmm. But what what do you think added to that moment? You know the the hardships of the game and like pivotal moments in your career that you think added mm. to you getting over the line um, at that moment in time. Oh, what a question! Uh, it's a good one and, and something that I that I reflect on, uh, you know, quite a lot actually, especially of late with the World Cup coming here and uh, with the Hall of Fame induction and, and all the rest of it. But you but you're absolutely right, mate. It's um, it's certainly not a straight line to the top. Um, there are lots of ups and lots of downs. I, I remember in uh, 2004, I actually uh, I, I thought I was at the top of my game. I was playing some great softball, and uh, I was playing in the states. I'd won the, the batting crown at the International uh, Softball Congress, and and I got left out mm-hmm. of the uh, of the World Cup team uh, in 2004, and um, that that was really really tough for me. And I wasn't. Uh, I suppose at that time, I probably wasn't mature enough to really be able to comprehend what had happened and why it had happened. Um, I was, you know, I went through all the emotions. Grant, again, I'm sure you've been there, you know, missing out on teams. Um, uh, went through all the emotions of anger and sadness and, uh, you know, just all of that stuff. And I think I came out the other side uh, a lot stronger for it. And I, I think, again, when I reflect back and, and, and the pathway that the Black Sox especially have taken to becoming a high-performance team and really understanding what high-performance is, I, I think... I think a lot of uh, teams these days make the mistake of, of of talking about high performance, but not really understanding it. Um, because I'm a big believer that high performance is not actually uh, the result, uh, not winning. That, that that's the outcome of high performance. Um, and I think high performance for me really, uh, if if I look back, it's really it's actually preparation and it's a mindset. Um, so, you know, we, we took a um, we took a, a, a huge bumpy road from 04, 09, traveling, you know, every other month, um, trying to become a high performance team. Um, did we ever get there? I, I think we were close. Uh, I don't think we ever really got there. We won the World Cup. Um, but I don't think we, we actually quite got there. Um, and, and I think these boys, the, the, the journey that these boys have taken in the last probably, you know, six years since I retired, um, obviously with Mark at the helm, uh, I, I think they've taken taken some some further steps towards that so um yeah you, you're, you're right it's, it's it's certainly not a, a straight line um there are lots of ups and lots of downs but in in, in essence missing out on that team in 04 I, I think made me a stronger person and player well, well that's really that's really honest to say you never hit those heights even though 
you did hit some sensational heights as a team. So mm, mm. where where did you fall short? You think? Yeah, I, I think we um, we had a lot of, uh, and, and this might be a little bit controversial, but hey, this is what it is. Well, we had a lot of uh, our between our team and our organisation was very disjointed. Um, right. You know, during during the years that I was the captain, uh, we, we went through a lot of turmoil with with our, with our front office. Um, you know, from uh, just just sponsorship to performance enhancement grants, you know everything that the government was doing for us, um, and I think we got, we got we got really caught up in that. Uh, no more so than me. And um, you know, again, upon reflection, uh, would I have taken a different path? I, I, I don't think I would have. Uh, but I don't think we had the we had the absolute support around us to allow us to become that high-performance, high-functioning team. Were we a good team? Yeah, we were a great team. Um, and and we were um, you know, we were on top of our game when we needed to be. Uh, and did we have high-performance players? Absolutely. But, uh, I, you know, like I said before, just because you win, it doesn't make you high-performing. I think that's an outcome. Um, and, you know, it's... Uh, I, I think you could you could look at a lot of teams and uh, and especially New Zealand national teams are, are they high performance teams? And if you really break that down to what it means, I, I think you'd come up with some um, some probably some pretty some pretty funky answers. Reese, um, I, I, you, you're very team focused. I completely understand that um, it is a team game after all. Captain of the side, you, mm. you sort of takes you, you know a holistic approach to it. Can we just rewind to 2004 and missing out? Um, mm. Didn't take it well. You probably deserved uh, to be there. You probably thinking at your young tender age. What mm. happens in the immediate aftermath? Do you tools down it? Yeah. Do you go train harder? Yep. How does that yep. impact on you? Yeah, good, good question, Dan. Um, I, I remember I was in New York actually when I got the phone call. Uh, I was playing uh, playing over there. I was in upstate New York, uh, just living at the apartment we were in at that, at that time, and I got a phone call from um, from Don Tricker. Um, and when when Don called me, I, I kind of knew because back then it was the coach who called with the bad news, right? And and the manager would call the guys <laughs> with the good news. So um, yeah, when when Don called me, it was kind of a little bit late in the piece. The team was supposed to be named, uh, I think, a day or two later, and I'd sort of been waiting by the phone for for a long, long time. And uh, when I say a long time, a couple of days, you know, anticipating a call. Um, and then, yeah, when 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 I picked up the phone and Don was on the other end, my heart, I rem- I just remember distinctly my heart just sank, and um, and I knew what he was going to say. And uh, I remember um, I actually hung up um, when when Don when he broke the news to me. I hung up um, and hung up on him while he was still talking. Wow. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, again, immature. Uh, you could say disrespectful, mm-hmm. but I, I, I was. I was I was heartbroken, you know. I thought I'd done what I needed to do to be there, but um, again, reflecting on on who I was as a person, I think back then and and and, and as a player, um, you know, uh, obviously there were, there were some things that those guys didn't like about me uh, in the, in the team. Had I done enough physically in terms of my stats and, and everything, absolutely, of course I had. I'd, I'd probably perform better than some of them, but um, you know, those guys um, those guys went out and won that world championship, so. Um, yeah, yeah. What, 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 what beef did I have? You know, the the, the right team was selected, and, and I wasn't part of it. Um, I think in the immediate aftermath, to answer your question directly, Dan. Uh, yep, anger. Yep, um, I've had a gutful. Want to come home? Um, but you know that 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 was short lived, um, and it did. It made me work harder, uh, and I worked I worked harder than I ever had in that next five year period because uh, there was an Olympic uh, there was an Olympic cycle in there somewhere. So we didn't have a World Cup for another five years. 
Um, yeah. So I had a long time uh, um, to, to, to sort of get back on the horse, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I did. I worked incredibly hard for those five years. And I was living in New York then, um, and, and I travelled everywhere. I came back to New Zealand for camps, games, everything it was. I'd done whatever was asked, asked of me, and, um, and, and I think I performed at a pretty good level. and uh, Obviously, made my way back in, you know. Reese, I think one of the things that's true testament to a champion, and I, I believe a high-performance uh, athlete, is the fact that you were able to get rid of the resentment and the anger and being or feeling that you were let down um, at that moment in 2004 to now, like I can hear it, you're a team player. How difficult mm-hmm. is it to not go internal and have that resentment towards coaches, towards a sporting organisation? Because I've been there myself. Because yeah, well, you both play sports mm. that are bizarrely individually focused but are team sports, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, eventually yeah. I, I reached that stage and I, I you know, I, I can hear with, with Reese that I relate to that. I finished my career as trying to be the best team player I could possibly be. But how difficult mm. is that hurdle and how necessary is it at high performance, to have people that are selfless that are just playing for the team. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely critical, right? And, and um, you know, we spoke to you before about high performance not being about a result, about it being a mindset. Um, and that mindset in a, in a team sport actually has to be about what's best for the team, you know? Uh, so when, once I... Once I really understood, well, I thought I understood what uh, what being a high performance athlete and team member was. I, it, it, it actually become quite. It was almost like a moment of clarity for me, and and uh, and I, I understood. Um, although I never really spoke to Don again uh, about that uh, about that non-selection. Um, and Don and I talk fine now when we see each other. Um, you know, our, our yeah. relationship is, is fine. Um, but yeah, there was there was certainly. Just, just a moment of clarity where I understood what being mm. a good teammate was all about, and and I wasn't named captain until after the 2009 World Series, so I did have, I guess I had a bit of time uh, to still be just a player in in those five years, and, and and I worked my way up through the you know through the ranks and through the became part of the senior leadership team and and all the rest of it, and and, and I'm very thankful for that because my pathway to the captaincy um, was through. You know, through guys who who are absolutely idolised as players. You know, I got to play with Thomas Markia, Jared Martin, Donny Hale. You know, all all of these guys who were just in my eyes, um, just fantastic players and really just good and great ambassadors for our sport. And um, and I think by the time I got the captaincy, those guys were still in the team. And 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 it actually it actually made a, a much smoother transition for me, um, being through what I'd been through in '04 and then having that five year period to '09. Um, so yeah, that was that was, that was pretty special. Reese, uh, so that moment in 2004, you don't believe that you would have got over that in that moment in 2013 had you not had that letdown? Because I think that that's the important thing that uh, fans don't see and maybe athletes don't realise at the time is that overcoming those hardships and that resilience to then reflect can actually have yeah. uh, a, a huge effect on your your career. Oh man, um, you know, Grant, you probably know more than most, or more than a lot of people. There's, there's a lot of darkness, right? Um, there's a lot of darkness yeah. in professional elite sport, and um, and it's how you deal with that darkness. And it's actually, it's actually about, uh, and this is a bit of a, a bit of a buzzword, but about embracing it, you know, and and understanding when you're there and what yeah. it takes to get out of it. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, would that moment have happened? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> who would ever know? But I, I certainly think yeah. that, um, it gave me a good armour to deal with 
to deal with a lot of the scrutiny that was going on at that time, you know, especially with our organization, um, not being, you weren't performing great going into a World Series. Um, I, I think I always had a pretty, after that moment, mate, I, I just sort of, I felt like I had a unique ability to um, just stay between the lines uh, within our sport. And sure, we deal with a lot of crap off the field, especially in a, in a leadership captaincy role, but you know, I, I, I had a I had a really good sense of the white line fever, you know, and, and I, I knew how to stay there. <laughs> so we talked about the downtimes. I want to talk about the ups. That the paths must be so great, though, when you've worked for something for so long, your whole mm. life, starting off, you know, at your club around your father, and then you, you have huge disappointment about going to World Cup 2009. Mm. Of course, you the side loses to Australia. We hate losing to Australia at anything. <laughs> let alone softball, um, but 2013 yeah. in Auckland. What, what's that payoff like? You at the home run, you're up by three against Venezuela. Jeremy Manley mm-hmm. takes care of the rest, pitches a, a complete complete game, I think it was. There's that great yeah. image of you and, and your boy, the magnificently named Danny, isn't he? Uh, on on yeah, your shoulders, yeah. man. Like, ha- How amazing is yeah. that as an experience? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, you, it's hard to put that into words, to be honest. Uh yeah, it was pretty cool. I remember my brother-in-law, he threw Danny over the fence uh, soon, you know, when we were doing a bloody tour of the of the park afterwards. <laughs> and, and that was that was just a pretty, pretty neat moment. Uh, and, and, you know, we've got that photo on the mantelpiece uh, above the fireplace at home. And, uh, it, it, it's certainly nice. And, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a talking point for, for him, you know, for his friends and stuff. Uh, not too much for me, but um, it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, you mentioned a couple of athletes for Jeremy in particular. Uh, you know, Jeremy was instrumental in, in that thing. And he'd been through some really dark times as well. Uh, it took us a mm. lot to get to get him right. It took himself a lot to get him himself right. He was a, just a fantastic pitcher and, um, you know, one of the best in the world. Um, did, did he did he uh, um, give it up too, too early? I, in my humble opinion, absolutely he did. But he, he'd done what he needed to do. Um, and he took us, took us to the top of the mountain, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, that was pretty neat. International Softball Congress Hall of Famer now. Um, wow. Um, yeah. uh, uh, inducted alongside Travis Wilson. So I think you guys are the eighth and ninth New Zealanders to, to enter that very, very rare group. What's that whole experience like? It must be quite bizarre and surreal. And you know, Explain yeah. it to us. Yeah, I, I think it is. And... Um... You know, we, we hear, uh, you know, hear, hear athletes talk all the time about, you know, you don't play for individual accolades and you would think to yourself as Hall of Famers. It's absolutely true. I mean, we don't, right? Um, but what a, what an incredibly humbling experience, I think, just to be, uh, to, especially to go in with my good mate Trev, um, you know, on, on the same day, same year. Uh, you know, we played a lot together. We spent a lot of time together. He's, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, fantastic dude. Um, but, yeah, I think um, probably the biggest thing, for me was how special it was for my family um, because, you know, yeah. as much as we go through a lot of dark times and all the rest of it, um, they're actually the ones that are picking up the pieces behind you, you know? Um, and, and, and for, uh, for that to happen, for me to get that awesome honor, um, I, I was probably just more, more thankful for them. I, I think than anything else. Uh, Reese, I, I had the, um, the honor of having Trav as our fielding coach when I played for, yes. for the Black Caps. And um, yep. one of the stories about Travis is we were at the Sky Stadium, then the Westpac Stadium, and uh, Craig McMillan was one of the people, one of, I think, two people that had hit the ball out of the stadium. And yep. um, it was Andrew Simons and him. And everyone said, oh, well, it's a massive hit. We're looking at it from the mi- middle. And Trav just said, 
oh, it's not that big. And we're like, oh, <laughs> come on then, mate. You go. You have a go. So someone under underarmed the ball to him, and he just softball, baseball, smashed it yeah. into the railways. And then he ran the diamond. And it was, it was so funny. But, I mean, how, how talented was Trav as a player? I, I tell you what, Travis Wilson was an absolute freak, mate. Uh, I, I mean, he was, uh, yeah, he was, he was a special, special player. He had a, just uh, you talk about that swing there, and I can just see him swinging that cricket bat and hitting the ball out of the stadium. He just yeah. had a violent <laughs> flick that was just going to kill anything right in front of it. Um, <laughs> but he was, he was, um, he was, you know, he's a, two years older than me, um, and I remember growing up and you know, Trudy, everyone was talking about this, this Travis Wilson guy and. He was certainly a guy who we sort of, you know, all kind of idolised, even though we're close to the same age. He was he was that good, um, and for for him yeah. to go as far as he did in in professional baseball and major, well, not major league baseball, but in, in professional baseball, um, having only ever picked up a baseball bat from sixteen year old or seventeen, whatever he was when he got done wow. with the World Series in Michigan, um, you know, and if he was with any other organisation, he would have been playing in the major leagues. But that was right when the Atlanta Braves, very were, true, you know. On, on on their run and uh, they were a dynasty although they only got the one World Series but uh, yeah if Trav had been with anyone else he, he would have been a big leaguer and, and, and certainly um, would have spent a lot of time there I think Tell you what Max again at AAA means you're a damn fine baseball player um, you know to be that yeah. close uh, in, incredible yeah, absolutely, and, and he made a couple of all-star teams too, right, um, with the Braves. Uh, he, he's got a lot of good stories um, about his time with Atlanta and uh, just, just the organisation, the people that he got to to, uh, to to interact with and meet, play with. I mean, just some of the stories he's got about Bobby Cox, their, their legendary manager, is, is pretty special. Um, but, yeah. you know, un- unfortunately for Trav, it was the Atlanta Braves that, that, uh, that, that, that drafted him, and um, <laughs> he, he never quite got that opportunity, you know. Yeah, it was in the Florida Marlins or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, used to sell their team every two years. He would have no doubt got, got a, a call-up. Um, Reese, your association to sport these days, explain it to us. I, I think you're out with one of your kids today at a regatta, being super dad as usual. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. my daughter, um, she, she rose for Petonia Rowing Club. Uh, unfortunately, the regatta was cancelled because of this, because uh, I think you said, it, what is it, raining medals or something in Wellington today, Dan? Yeah, trophies yeah, or something. yeah, raining, raining um, trophies again. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. mate. It's like softball season. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, the regatta was cancelled. Um, yeah, my son, is uh, he plays softball, plays baseball, rugby, uh, all, all the rest of it. Um you know, I've been I've been involved with coaching uh, with the kids for a long, long time now. Love doing that. Um, you know, so so yeah. In terms of my involvement, not not a whole lot at the highest level anymore. Um, just I, I get most of my enjoyment out of the kids these days, and um, and just being around the field. You know, watching them have fun and and, and do their thing. Hey, Reese, twenty twenty two. We've got the World Champs coming here in November. Um, how are we looking, uh, New Zealand, after the disappointing 2019? Yeah, good question, Grant. Um, you know, 2019 was obviously super disappointing. Uh, you know, the worst result uh, in, in a long, long time for our boys. And, and I know they're hurting from that. Um, uh, and, and that's something they certainly want to make right. Uh, I speak to quite a few of them regularly. Um, and they're firmly focused on, on the job at hand. Uh, I think starting in three or four weeks' time here. Um 
Uh, in terms of our chances, yeah, I mean we're, we're we've got just as good a chance as anyone. Uh, are we are we the the the, the hands down lockdown favourite like we always would have been in the past? No, absolutely not. Um, I think uh, you know we've, we've just got to get through uh, get through the pool stages and get into that knockout uh, knockout game, and, and and that'll be that'll be in a position um, where where nobody want to play us. I think, um, you know, similar, probably similar to the New Zealand cricket team when they go to any sort of World Cup. Uh, nobody wants to play them because they always sort of get to the final. And it's kind of it's kind of the same with the Black Sox. Um, they're, they're, if they can get yeah. through those early stages um, and, and get to that knockout play uh, in, in pretty good shape, uh, I think it'll obviously buoy their confidence. Um, great young team. A lot of talent in there in terms of talent across the park. Um, you know, they're certainly as good as anyone. Uh, the pitching will be very interesting for me. Uh, they've named a couple of frontline pitchers, Josh Kettit and, uh, and, and Dan Chapman uh, from Auckland. And, uh, yeah, if those two boys can j- just have a week, um, you know, I, I think they'll be hmm. in good shape. I, I, I really do. Uh, but with any, any sort of World Cup, you, you need a bit of luck, right? Um, and, and things have got to go your way. It's whoever's the best for that, that eight-day period. Well, Reese, it's always a treat to deal with you, mate. You're so uh, fantastic. Do appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for your honesty. Uh, I hope uh, some players who may have missed out this week in making a squad for uh, the tournament uh, can take on board what you said. There, there, there are lots of good stuff in there. So uh, thanks so much, Reese. Yeah, amazing, Reese. Oh, uh, absolutely yeah, awesome you. to speak to you and have you on the show. Um, you know, to go from being the bat boy for your dad's team being paid in lollies, um, <laughs> I heard, to, uh, you know, World Championships, Hall of Fame, and now uh, looking after your own your own kids who um, no doubt you're just departing that love of sport and resilience that you've shown in your career. It's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, boys. Honestly, humbled to be on this segment. Uh, I love the work you guys are doing, and thank you for putting the spotlight on our sport as well for, 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 a, for a short amount of time. So I uh, love your work, boys, and thanks for having me on. Reese, you're a good man. Appreciate that anytime. Uh, Reese Kessler, who is now an International Softball Hall of Famer, International Softball Congress Hall of Famer, now just one of nine New Zealand men to uh, reach that honour. Congratulations to him. Thanks so much for uh, joining our Saturday session at Legends segment in association with Somerset. Think new friends, new laughs and a new home. Think Somerset Retirement Villages, somerset.co.nz. He's got clearly got good taste in uh, sports radio too. <laughs> 17 away from 12, back after this. Twelve and a half away from twelve. Uh, thanks again to Reese for joining us for our Saturday session. Re- uh, Legends, you were spirit animals, you two. Yeah, different um, sports, but shared experiences. Well, I think disappointments, eyes. Yeah, you know, I could, I could hear. I mean, well, one thing is to, I think, achieve an amazing moment. There's so many different stories that go into that moment, and as an athlete, you reflect on the things that made you tougher, um, not only physically but also mentally. The mental. You know, he called it the dark times that you go through in sport. Sometimes they either make you stronger or they can have, you know, an adverse effect on you as an athlete. But clearly with him, he's reflected on those tough times and he's come out not only a very strong individual, but um, an excellent athlete. And I think without those hard times, you actually can't become the finished product. And it's how you cope with those tough times. I mean, I think it was Michael Jordan who didn't make his college basketball team. And took it personally. Took everything personally. <laughs> yeah. Everything personally. So, I mean, how would that college coach be feeling when he watched Michael Jordan's career? Stupid. And I've heard some people um, uh, actually speak, sit down with Sonny Bill and say, I don't think uh, professional sports is the path that you should be taking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, 
I think it really is interesting to hear that. And I think it's probably really nice for athletes out there, young athletes, to hear, hey, it's not the end of the world. You reflect on it, you move on, you improve. A lovely words from Linda writes, thanks heaps for having Reese on. Happy memories of interviewing him when I was writing for the Evening Post. Uh, listening while I'm doing an exam. It's an open book exam, so I can. I love that. <laughs> I'm glad we're keeping you company. I'm glad Reese is keeping you company, Linda. Great to hear from you. hope you're doing well, and um, good luck for your exam. Back after this. Uh, we're going to head across to Matter Matter for race number one just after 12 o'clock. It is now just shy of uh, six minutes away from. Uh, Mark does write on double eight double three. Keep your messages rolling in, everyone. We love to get them. Double eight double three. Mark's clearly a little bit concerned about our sporting tips uh, that you should probably run a mile from that we finished the show with. And rightfully so. You mm, should have a speak, Oh, yes, no, we rock some Speak for yourself, mate. I, g- I gave you a meatloaf performance last week. Two out of three ain't bad. Uh, a couple cheeky ones for years to look into. ABs versus Japan. First scoring play of game. Either team try. Just That's paying two bucks. There's generally lots of points in, in games in Japan. I think there were 90-odd in 19, uh, 19, 2018 when they last played up there. Or Scotland v Australia try bet. Either team win by minus 7.5 at $2.50. That is a good bet. Thank you, Mark. ABs versus Japan. $2 yeah. for try. You've been obsessed with uh, Zane's multi. Yes, I've been. And you've been trying to ma- you've been trying to come up with the odds, and then you figured out. Well, oh, I think Zane doesn't know what he's talking about. The odds don't match up. No, I think he put the bet on prior to the tournament. Yeah, yeah, they're Not still today. good though. Trust yeah. me, the, so that's why the odds Zane, are still good. That's why Zane is is running that um, uh, his word, his one word to describe the uh, Black Caps chances at the T Twenty World Cup, which we asked all our listeners earlier. Uh, his one word answer was multi because he's put ten dollars on the black caps, black ferns, and kiwis, and the return is five fifty. And he's clearly someone who's give us a taste of kiwi. He's just oh, yes, right. I am just supporting everything New Zealand. He say Zane has got uh, black cap or all blacks flags on the side of his car. Do you Zane? I reckon that's the sort of fan he is. There's a New Zealand flag somewhere on his car, maybe on the pole outside his house. If we if we can beat the kangaroos in the World Cup final again, can we just have give us a taste of kiwi on loop? I was there across you know across the station. <laughs> you were there. I was there for that moment. What a moment! You won an only international rugby league game. <laughs> <laughs> You're tapping out. I'm not going to get any better than that. I'm All not right. going to get any better than 2008. We'll hit to matter matter race number one for you race fans. Uh, up after the short break, stay with us here on SCNZ. All right, well, that starts your afternoon of racing, and it's a big afternoon of racing for sure. ACNZ will be right across it. We'll catch up with uh, Clado and crew, the good oil, ready to take you through the afternoon from 1 o'clock. But our show being the Saturday session with Grant Elliott, myself, Daniel McCarty, Ben Francis. Two words, Ben Francis. Well, I still haven't got him to say more than two words. Any chance this hour, Grant, uh, Ben? Good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. Uh, 0800-150-811. That is our number. Feel free to use it. Text us, double eight double three. Um, we will have Joey Wheeler to uh, talk some rugby a little bit later in about 10 minutes' time, if I'm not mistaken. G'day, Zade. Thanks for holding through that race. How are you today? G'day, Zade. Yeah. Uh, not too bad, thanks. Um, do, you know, do you guys know where that option is that was sent in for the um, first points in the All Blacks game tonight under the TAB, what option it was under, or no? I'm not sure, Zade. No, I, I, I don't know. There, there is a website. Oh, okay. You could probably try that. If someone could text that 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 option and then again if they um, know where it is, just want to put some money on it later. What the, fir- the uh, first try? Yeah, the first point right. to be a try either team. Right, you like you like that uh, one. That's smart money as far as you're concerned. 
Yeah, and um, Izzy Dag Force is racing today in, um, I think it's at race one in Flemington, um, Pango, owned by Pam and Brendan McCollum. So um, hopefully that can win today. Uh, looking forward to the Black Caps against Sri Lanka. Um, hopefully we need to get a win because if we do, then we'll be well on top of the group on five points after three because now that England and um, Australia both scored last night, they're just on three from three games. So we'll be well on the seat to get out of the group if we can win tonight. Um, so it's a must-win game. I'm pretty sure the weather in Sydney is looking good, isn't it? I think. Um, I think it's meant to be sunny this afternoon, so that should be good. Hopefully the All Blacks can put a few points on Japan, but but of a experienced team. Good to see um, Perifer and RTS get some minutes, and um, I think the Black Ferns will go into the semi-final and look like they play France next week. Yeah, good stuff, Zade. Uh, you are right, and, and the Black Ferns are on a path to clash against France. France has had some big wins uh, over them in the last few years. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how um, the two of us shit goes, but um, that's all in good time. Thanks uh, for your call. Uh, perfect segue, because I was going to get you to break down uh, what do New Zealand have to do to get into the semi-finals out of Group 1, and what do the other teams have to do in Group Number 1 in this rather congested uh, um Paul, we probably should have come up with a slightly shorter name for this segment, Grant. Um, Zeta's also correct. Zero percent chance of rain. According That's to, good. Uh, in Sydney. That's always Move good the whole to walk see. up to Sydney. So, you, you, you're ready? You've spent hours preparing this. Well, I'm glad you asked me about the permutations because I had no idea about the permutations. I looked at it on the table and I'm like, oh, it's just too difficult to, to work it out with rain. You know, as a commentator, I would say, well, you, you know, anything can happen in a World Cup yeah, well, at you're this a t- stage. You're Everyone's a t- in it. You're a TV commentator. And there's a lot of lazy TV commentators. I'm not lazy. I'm trading just like, on their name. I'm just Do like, some research. <laughs> watch the game. Oh, I shouldn't. You don't criticize so, the commentators. So I have done research. I've texted my, um, my stats specialist. Oh, you're not going to claim Richard ownership Isaac. of this one? No, I'm not going <laughs> to claim ownership. Like Richard Isaac threw us a, a brilliant stat the other day after the game... Uh, that was rained out against Afghanistan, right? Yes. He crunched the numbers, and now this. It was the first abandoned game of international cricket at the MCG since 1999, right? No, since 1980, no, where there had not been before, no toss. No, that was before the toss. But before I was the saying, toss. Any abandonment yeah. without a ball being bowled, 1999. Yes. There was no toss. on. There was a toss. There was a toss that day. But prior yeah. to the toss, yeah. even being taken. Yes. Since 1980. 1980, so shows 42 how, years. Shows how unlucky um, they have been. Yeah, totally. And also, I mean, that, that adds to the pictures. Um, so anyway, Richard, uh, he comes up with a stats sheet that is a dossier that I gave to uh, Daniel McCarty before we started our first commentary. And there is a lot in there. He unpacks the whole game for us. And he's written back to me and he said, I said, you know, what's happening in this group? Like, what are the tables? What does this all mean now with a draw between Australia and England? I can't do maths. So he says, so the permutations for group one is that the rain out yesterday means that there's a possibility of three teams finishing on seven points. That is, if England and Australia win their remaining games and New Zealand win their last two with the exception of the England game, then it'll come down to net run rate as all three sides will have three wins. Australia's last two games are versus Afghanistan and Ireland. England play New Zealand and Sri Lanka. Australia's net run rate is the lowest of the three. It's diabolical at the moment. He didn't write that. I said that. Uh, But they have a chance to boost it against the perceived lower sides. 
New Zealand in this case are in the box seat because of the thumping win over Australia. It's unlikely that New Zealand's net run rate will drop so much as to pull them back into contention. As this, as this tournament has shown, anything can happen. So he just defaulted back to TV commentary, which is anything can happen. But that, that does give you an idea. He's obviously saying that England might beat New Zealand, which means that then potentially you've got three teams on seven points. Um, and just he's taken Sri Lanka out of the mix. He's taken Ireland out of the mix. He reckons no more upsets. I feel otherwise. I feel like there might there's another twist in this table. But New Zealand are definitely in the box seat. I mean, if New Zealand butcher it from here, then I think you could be very disappointed as a fan and as a player in that squad because they're so far ahead of the, the others in that group at the moment that even they, though they had a rained-out game against Afghanistan, um, they're well and truly ahead. Well, as Jason writes via text on double eight double three, Grant and Daniel, last night's game being rained off was the worst result for the Black Caps. Totally. means uh, have to win all three remaining group games to guarantee qualification. No. No. Uh, we, we do not. Let, let me just repeat. A t- there can be a three-way tie atop of Group 1, which will then be decided by net run rate, if this happens, that England beat Sri Lanka and New Zealand. That New Zealand then beat Sri Lanka tonight, lose to England, and beat Ireland. And Australia beat Afghanistan and Ireland. So it's not all doom and gloom. No, definitely but not. The, after being thumped in game number one, Guess who's had all the slices of luck? Oh, haven't they, Joe? Oh, they've been so lucky. I thought, oh, we're going to see an early exit for Australia. But they just keep you know what's holding on. You know what's going to happen? Oh, we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. They're going to be in the semi final <laughs> somehow. They're going to play either oh, India or South Africa. And they'll make it to the final. <laughs> and it'll be an Australia <laughs> New Zealand final. And then Aaron Finch will finally find form. <laughs> And smash a match-winning 80. Then Cataclysmic will be (laughs) a negative, not a positive. That's what our unknown texter was suggesting when he said Cataclysmic. I hope not. No, I'm going to be positive. We've been positive during this show. Yeah, full of love. I'm being positive. Full of love and admiration. We're going to win another trophy in the cabinet coming to the museum um, at Wellington at the Basin. I've already, I've held the mace. The mace is there, the World Test Championship trophy. Imagine we have both those trophies. It would be. As nice. well as the Rand Furley Shield. Uh, we will take a short break. It is 10 minutes after 12 o'clock. Keep your messages rolling in. We love hearing from you. Double eight, double three. Joe uh, Wheeler's going to talk some codes and rugby with us shortly. Hold tight. Back after this. This is the Saturday session. Uh, Joe Wheeler. Joey Wheeler's going to join us. Uh, all going well um, to talk some uh, rugby. We, we talked about. The fact that there is a clash between the Black Ferns and uh, the All Blacks games. Um, just to repeat, Black Ferns uh, fans can watch the Black Ferns live on Spark Sport from 7.30 and then a delayed replay of the All Blacks on Sky Sport from 9.30. That's one way of getting around it. Fans can watch the All Blacks live from, I think, 10 to 7 on Sky Sport and then watch the delayed coverage of the Black Ferns on 3 at 8.30. Or, if you're lucky enough to have both platforms, and I understand... A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't even have one, Grant. Uh, but for those um, who do have the luxury of having both, you could go with the old multi-screening. And I know a lot of people you know, almost you know, show off, I was watching four games last night. I get too distracted. I can't multi-screen. If I'm watching a game, I've got to watch 
one game. Ben Francis can weigh in on this conversation too, if, if he so pleases, as he desperately tries to get him to say more than two words. I, I, I struggle with multi-screening. Are you a man of fine multi-screening ability? Well, I think uh, when you become a parent, you get better at multitasking and doing a number of things because there's no chance. That's why I commentate, because that's the only chance I get to watch a full game without, you know, kids being there and, you know, doing. But what I do do is sometimes, especially at a, in a world tournament like this, because it is technically work, um, my wife might say, let's watch a Netflix uh, series and there'll be a big game on. Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll just get my phone on and I'll just put it next to me and have the cricket running without the commentary, but just that's not multi-screening. That's that's you being a bad husband. Why? Why is because well, you're, you're projecting here that you're watching Netflix with it and you're actually yes. not watching it at all. Oh, I am watching. Really? It. Well, yeah. I mean, I get the basic sort of going on. But <laughs> like, if she laughs, you laugh. Yes. Yeah. She cries. Yeah, then I'm like, you don't. oh, that's really sad. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> Joey Wheeler might uh, uh, have some thoughts on this. Are you a good multi-screener? you good multi-screener oh, watching I, sport, Joey? I, 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 I certainly sympathise. I know the feeling, um, Grant, you know, um, watching cricket and then obviously trying to watch some trashy. Normally in our house, it's like Kardashians or something rubbish like that, and I just can't stand it. Can't stand it yeah. until last night of a bikinis on vacation or something like that. Then I sort of prick up and uh, pay a little bit of attention. But yeah, so that, that's us being good husbands. Exactly yeah, you can't claim it as you 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 can't claim it as you're watching two things at once. We're working. You're Joey and I are working. You're, you're ignoring, it's work. We you're have ignoring to ignoring one thing while pretending <laughs> that you're watching it while actually watching one thing. See, Joey, for me, I can't watch two two sporting games on at the same time. I just get way too distracted, you know. Um, so I, I don't know if you if you're a man of many talents, you can juggle, you know, keeping an invested interest in both games. Or in two games at no, once. You probably, yeah, yeah, you're right. You just need the. Co- I think Grant's right. You need the commentary off on one, and have the screen side by side, and you, and you pick up the gist of what's going on. Okay, so commentary down. Yeah, no, that's not bored. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning off you, Grant. Yeah, well, while we're on the on topic. One. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Joe. There's a bit of a delay. Uh, but while we're on the topic of um, you know being good husband and, and dad, have you ever built a trampoline? <laughs> Okay, this is random. No, honestly, I am the I'm that guy Grant who just pays everyone to do everything for me. Because um, <laughs> he is I, smart. Yeah, you know, if I do if I do something, I'm generally I'll stuff it up, and then you can hands down I'll get a serve from my wife, and then I'll have to either buy a new one again. So I'm sort of double handling. So <laughs> I'm just the smart yeah. route and you know, start it not harder. Just pay someone. Pay a professional. Pay. <laughs> <laughs> I love a man who's honest about his fallibilities, his weaknesses. You should try it sometime, Grant. Sorry, I can't be mean to you today. We're full of love. Uh, Joey, yeah. let's talk some uh, code. I, I want to talk about the idea, the psychology of preparing for um, a quarterfinal as the Black Ferns are in, up against a team they've only just played recently. It's quite an, it's quite an oddity of this tournament. I, I still can't really quite figure out you know, how, how excited I should have been over the group yeah. stage when only two teams really get eliminated. So New Zealand, Wales, do you think it's going to be difficult for these players? You know, is it tricky to play the same team so quickly after the last one? <laughs> yes, you're probably in the back of your mind going, we're going to give these um, these ladies a hiding. So, um, yeah. Oh, look, 
Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a little bit weird, but you always know that um, finals, finals rugby, the old cliche, it's just a completely different ball game. So a lot more tension. Um, you know, everyone's obviously do or die, sudden death, nothing to lose. So, oh, but I think the Black Ferns, they, they are tracking really nicely, and obviously they're just going to pick their select their, their top side um, for obviously the run home, hopefully to, to a sort of a finals berth. But um, yeah, I'm looking to see how, how they go um, and and how they how they bounce back after that after that. Um, yeah, well, obviously a massive one um, last week. So yeah, oh, they've been impressive though, mate. They haven't, they've just gone from strength to strength. So. Look, the outside backs. So I'm looking forward to seeing Ruby Toy at fullback again. I think she she's um, made a real um, a, she's a real handful. Obviously, so busy on the ball and um, both sides of the ball. So, so her her at the back will be interesting. Complimenting Portia Woodman, obviously those two together they're they're just devastating. So yeah, look, I, I think they'll be too strong, mate. They're just um, for the for the Welsh. So yeah, it's going to be a good game. It was 56-12 uh, in their last game for keeping score at home. Yeah, Joey, when you when you get into um, finals uh, rugby, is is there is there quite a lot of it where you are looking to potentially look to save players' energy and not play your front line uh, team, or do you play your front line team no matter what in the quarterfinals situation? Yeah, no, you got to play your you got to play your best team from from here out, and I think you were seeing that in the selections that Wayne Smith and his selection group have made. So. Yeah, you want to build that cohesion and that, and that um, I guess, yeah, just get get that real belief going into what's you know a massive, hopefully a massive three weeks for the for the Blackburns, and, and obviously it's week by week from here. But yeah, you always want to pick your best side going into finals footy for sure. Yeah, there's uh, no complacency with selection. Uh, my memory to 2007, which uh, was invoked by Wayne Smith uh, during the week. Of course, you remember that. When uh, I famously remember one of the All Black assistant coaches saying, "If Keith Robinson doesn't play this week, he won't play again in the tournament." Well, none of you played again in the tournament after losing the quarterfinal. Uh, anyway, I'll get over it. I'll, I'll get over it one day, Joey. To the to the All Blacks themselves. To the All Blacks themselves. What's the big feature of, of this game against Japan for you? I, I've certainly suggested to our listeners it's sort of the individuals who might be on the outer. Can they do enough to? to earn a spot, even on a bench, for, for one of the bigger tests. And I'm sorry, uh, Japanese rugby fans, I, I'm being quite patronising there. I, I do understand. But, Joey, for, for you, what's the importance of this game all about? Yeah, yeah, exactly that as well. Obviously, there's some guys that haven't played um, a lot of footy in the black jersey. Um, so it's to see how um, a few individuals front. And, and I'm really interested in that because a lot of those guys haven't played a lot of rugby over the last month. Um you know, I think Roger Tuivasa-Shek, he hasn't played in the 12 jersey. Gee, I can't even remember the last time he played in the 12 yeah. jersey. Uh, like, he was playing on the wing for Auckland, right? And he's going into a test match. Um, his first test start uh, in the 12 jersey. And it does, it concerns me a little bit, that, especially in that in that midfield, because you've got two guys who haven't played a hell of a lot of rugby, and Braden Enor and, and Roger Tuivasa-Shek one together, but two at test level, and and actually three in general, they haven't played a lot of rugby in the last month. So there is a, a little bit of that concern. I, I think the All Blacks will obviously will win, but I reckon Japan is going to give them a real fright. But yeah, there are there are a few individuals that I think um, need to have big test matches. Obviously, 
uh, those two that I alluded to, but also I think uh, a guy like Hoskins, the two-two. Um, yes. Also, what the, the what, with um, Richie starting when Stephen Fitta, him playing as well, getting an opportunity to see if he can actually um, you know, step up at Test because obviously Damien McKenzie, that was the glaringly obvious omission from uh, the original Test squad that was named. So. Yeah, I'm really interested in those individuals, how they step up. Tupu Vai alongside um, Brody Retallick. I really like that selection in the in the locking department. I think Tupu's just going from strength to strength, and that's his ball-carrying ability through the middle of the park. That was a real feature of his game throughout Super Rugby, and I think that was one area that we were really struggling with with our, our second row last year uh, for the All Blacks. We, we really struggled to make momentum through the middle of the field, and Brody's starting to get back to some of his form, obviously after his couple of years up in Japan. But yeah, Sam Whitelock, that's one of his game that um, I, I think Tupu Vai's got a slight edge on. It's the it's the ball his ball carrying ability that Tupu has the ability of getting on the inside of a defender and then freeing his arms and, and offloading in the tackle as well. Whereas Sam, he runs a, he runs an amazing uh, line out, high work rate, but probably isn't as powerful through the middle of the park with his ball carry. So, yeah, massive opportunity for Tupu alongside Brody as well. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's basically it, Dan, is, is yeah, seeing some of these individuals, how they front up against what's going to be a really competitive Japanese side because this test match that I've been coming up for this all year, um, I spoke to Tony Brown before he, he headed over to Japan and he said this is the one test match that I've been aiming at um, since the start of the season and all their energy has gone into trying to tip up the All Blacks because they know that they were going to pick a, I guess, for lack of a better word, a sort of a development slash B team. Um, so yeah, it's going to be an intriguing test match for me. Well, that is interesting because we saw how well planned they were at the Rugby World Cup when they hosted in 2019 and how well they played. And, gee, Joe, they were just a joy to watch, weren't they? Their, their ability to recycle the ball and play the the game at such speed. Um, and that's the only way they probably can compete if they can can, can recreate that. Yeah, I think if they, if they can get parity at, at set-piece time, I, that's where that's where the All Blacks are going to aim up, is, uh, is around the, the scrum line-out and through the middle of the park with our, our bigger forwards. But if the, if the Japanese can can win their own ball and compete um, in that area at peacetime, like you said, their continuity game and their phase plan and the speed in which they play the game, they are probably the fittest uh, athletes in the game. Like They are so fit, and it's a real feature of the game up there is the speed that they play with and the amount of, um, the amount of ball and play time that they, they enjoy. And they've got great skill sets, all of them, from the front rowers right out. So, yeah, I, I think they'll they'll try run the, the All Blacks round and, and hold the ball for long periods of time. It's just whether they've got the X factor to, um, to, break, to break the game open. And if guys like um, Kotaro Matsushima, uh, who's, oh, who I played a bit with up in Suntory, uh, he spent some time over in France, um, him and also Tavita Tatafu, uh, the big number eight. If those boys can get their, their hands on the ball and, and good positions and create for this Japanese side, I reckon they can um, they can they can put a they can they can put a little bit of a fright up the All Blacks. I reckon they're they're a bit of a sniff. Hey Joey, um, it's great to hear your insight into this uh, All Blacks team, and clearly there are some players to watch in in different positions. That is one thing that uh, we, we don't have time for, which I'd love to uh, get your insight in, 
is around those players and how they've juggled them around, like Roger Tuivasa-Sheik at number 12 and the, the loose forwards. But it will be a fascinating um, encounter to see how those players stand up. And we really appreciate you on the show and your insights into the game. And good luck with that multi-screening tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kardashians and the All Blacks, how good. Uh, and the Blackbirds. <laughs> it it's going to be three tonight. Yeah, far out. <laughs> Go well, mate. Good luck gouging one of those eyes out watching the Kardashians. Thanks, fella. Cheers, guys. Joey Wheeler joining us. (laughs) Of course, Southern Sky Sports these days looking at uh, the code this weekend. A quick break on the other side. Race two from Manamata. Five, edging one, and number eight, Dusty Road, was it? Got him. Dusty Road. Yes. Little sneaky sneaky punt, clearly by my co-host. And almost won it, though. We, we, At $18, I heard Dusty Road, my favourite number, number eight, and I was like, oof, just buy a couple of... And your favourite wrestler in Dusty Road's colours. Oh, I don't even know. I didn't watch wrestling. Oh, wow. That's what I thought you were going with. Oh. Okay, it was your favourite number. Okay, interesting. Oh, and Again, Grant and Daniel McCarty showing you why you should never listen to us when it comes to horses. <laughs> a guy you should definitely listen to is the team he has assembled after one o'clock uh, alongside him is extraordinary. On another big day of racing... It's Clado. Hello, friend. Ah, oh, Clado. How good are you at multi-screening? Multi-screening? Oh, yes, yes. I was listening to it on the way in. All you have to do for a successful marriage is just remember the last three or four words they say. Because if you haven't been listening, yes, and just repeat those last four I, words and you're safe. Yes, I, I, I have been listening. It really fires them up too, though. Yeah. Well, well, I'm a terrible to. listener, so, yeah. I, hey, but, yeah. but funnily enough, Dusty Rhodes, that's the first thing I thought of. The wrestler, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, that's exactly. what Grant's gone for. Mm. I thought of waking up on a, a Saturday morning or Sunday morning as a, having a Dusty Road ahead. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but, yeah, the multitasking, yeah, that's, that's a real art in itself, isn't it? Um, being a punt is terrible because when there's sport on up against racing and you tune in, you flick back to watch a race – and you flick back to the rugby, the All Blacks or the Warriors, or probably won't be the Warriors so often, but back to the All Blacks, that is the greatest try you'll ever see. And you go, oh, you got to bloody <laughs> rewind it. So you've got to record both the programs at once because it is, it is tell you what, it is guaranteed a try. And the other thing is you'll be sitting there getting absorbed in the All Blacks or the sports game, and then you'll for, totally forget about the horse race. So then you've got to flick over and rewind it. And, oh, it's a real art. You know, don't take it for granted. It's a real art. <laughs> These are the trial and tribulations I go through here, uh, Grant. Uh, Clado's painted a lovely picture. That's why I'm just incapable of focusing on more than one thing. Yeah, you have to, though, Clado. You've got to get as much in as possible. Um, You know, I I think... So what's that? Then what's the next thing? Then what's the next thing? Yeah, you've got to jump around. I I think the, the worst thing you can do now is just go on and be lazy and watch the highlights in the morning after the game. You've got to have live sports. It's got to be live. As a punter, you know this. You want to watch it. It makes it way more exciting when it's live and you've got a little bit riding on it. That's right. Yeah, there's nothing like live. Recorded just doesn't doesn't flick the switch. But, yeah. Um, Clayton, we've got to get to... Yep, we've got to get to your show because Grant Hill has got to give us Midas a tie as workhorse of the week, and it's going to be massively controversial. Whoa. Uh, and we need a lot of time to discuss. So, uh, what's coming up on your fine show on a reasonably big day, isn't it, mate? It, it, it is. Both sides of the Tasman were at Matamata and Awapuni about to get underway, but it is Derby, VRC Derby Day, and this kicks off 
Melbourne Cup week in Australia. Of course, Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. And the Kiwis are two leading chances in the derby today. Graham and Debbie Rogerson was sharp and smart. And he is an absolute beast of a horse. And our little mate, Andrew Forsman, with Mr Maestro. So hopefully the Kiwis can Cornella. The derby today. And like we say, local track, uh, Manamata and Awapuni. And I'm going to hang around. Who have you got alongside you? Oh, sorry. Lethonis and Louis Herman Watt. Wonderful stuff. Uh, Clado, one word answer. I need, I'm going to be going to a Melbourne Cup day on Tuesday and I need to know what I'm talking about. Give Smoke me the word. Romans. Yeah, it's two Smoke words, mate, Romans. isn't it? So you can't Sorry. Use, you can't use that one, Grant. Sorry, Perfect. Grant. Perfect, Clado. Just Thank run them, very to, much. Run them together. Show, run them together. <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of that, sound of that. Thanks, Clado. Clado and team coming up on the Good Oil after one o'clock. Yes, it is time for our second round of nominations for our Midas Tires Workhorse of the Week, who has figuratively been speak well, figuratively been dominating uh, our attention span by working tirelessly in the realm of sport or other matters, all in association with our dear friends at Midas Agritize, made in Europe and trusted by leading equipment manufacturers worldwide. European quality doesn't have to break the bank. Ask for Midas Agritize for your equipment. I nominated the Wellington Lions. Uh, for our workhorse of the week, and my non-nomination was the Wellington Firebirds. Um, Wellington propaganda. Where are you going to go today, Mr. Now, I, well, we normally start with a non-nomination. My non-nomination is going to be Pakistan cricket. Once again, their fans will be absolutely <laughs> distraught. They've gone from losing to India. They need, India needed two off one ball. Then it was one off one ball because they bowled a wide. It was the most emotional Roller coaster of an over I've ever seen from Nawaz. And I just feel for their fans. Um, now they're already saying they need a, a rejuggle of their team. So that would be my non nomination. Yeah, they haven't fronted. They haven't fronted. <laughs> and then they lost to Zimbabwe uh, recently. They needed three off the last ball. Um, so, so who is your Midas Agritize workhorse of the week? Well, I was thinking maybe, you know, Ireland for beating England. But I've actually, I think I'm going to nominate myself. Um, I, explain. I came home at about 5.30 after work and there was two boxes worth of trampoline equipment. I thought, I'm going to get this done. So my seven-year-old did help. He sort of helped me align up things. Now for any father or anyone that's put a trampoline together, all I can say is I, I actually really do commend you <laughs> because there is nothing easy about putting a trampoline together. Two and a half hours later, was up and running and I was in a world I'll never do that again <laughs> I'll never ever do that again How, like, what was the most difficult thing about it uh, following the instructions because I think as men you never follow the instructions no and they only write like a third of the instructions <laughs> yeah yeah and then um, the springs getting the actual springs together you know you have to put them in a certain sequence you're not the only uh, father has told me this over the oh. years it's a pretty excruciating experience do you have a question Ben for, for Grant Elliott who's nominated himself for our workhorse of the week no question no question he should have been workhorse of the week no no doubt no doubt correct sir yeah correct so he, he's all for you nominating yourself for the workhorse yeah. of the week yeah well, d- uh, Ben do you have any nominations no Grant Okay. Hey, yeah. Two hours and 45 minutes, two wow. words. He's, he's done well. He's, he's, oh, he's seeing it through. Yeah. I, 
You just get it made up, mate, and delivered. No, I will. the extra money. I'll do that in the future. And uh, we've had a, a number of in the people. Future. In the future. In the future. So we've learned that. And then the other thing we learned uh, is from Mary early on in the show who said she was going to get a, a Wellington uh, Rugby Lions or Rugby Football Union. Is that WRFU? Yeah, WRFU spider web tattoo on her wrist. On her she wrist. She said if Wellington won the uh, you know, first division title and the Ramfilly Shield in the same year, she would do that. So um, good on you, Mary. Please send through a photo when you get it done. And, and what? Fact, a, let, let, we'll get you on the show. We'd love to chat to you about the experience, how uh, this originally came about, this idea. Uh, who are you paying your debt to? Um, would, would, love to would love to continue to follow your progress as you get a tattoo on your wrist. And thanks for helping me then Google the worst sporting tattoos of all time, where fans have <laughs> preemptively put tattoos on their, their body to symbolise winning a trophy. Um, like a few New Zealand rugby fans with William Webb Ellis Cup. Um, and there must be a plethora of um, English football fans with its coming home and the World <laughs> Cup trophy. Imagine getting that one by, wrong by a letter or two. <laughs> that, that would be dreadful. We will take uh, our last break. It's 14 away from 1 o'clock. When we return on the other side, it will be uh, our sporting tips you probably should run a mile from. Stay with us. This is SENZ. Been training hard for this week. <laughs> Running upstairs, downstairs. The fireman challenge. Have you been doing the fireman challenge no. up the Sky Tower? We, we definitely need... We can get you up against uh, maybe Reese Casley's daughter uh, in a rowing competition. Because we, we need someone to race you, right? And you're one of your rowing challenges. Scala, that's going to be you, isn't it? <laughs> no. I'm commentating all of these events. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to Sparkle Sky broadcasting these. Oh, how good. Yeah. We see in will clearly, you know... Dedicate the whole week around right. all the Grant Elliott challenges. We've got to come up with a cool name for the show. I might do a school rugby thing and just say, no, I don't want it streamed. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works, mate. Uh, ben Francis, what, what what wonderful name could we come up with a Grant Elliott, you know, set a challenge TV show? It's got to be catchy. It's probably You probably want about three or four words, I reckon. Any suggestions? Like, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> So close. No comment. You can't cop out and no comment it, can you? So if people are wondering what's going on, I, I did ask Ben France if he's only going to say two words uh, to us <laughs> all, all show. He's so close to getting there. He's, he's, so, he's so close to finishing. Uh, gents, uh, writes Hayden, gents, uh, I do what Grant does. Well, I have SkyGo or SparkSport on my phone whilst wife is watching a movie or programs. I don't feel bad about it. I don't have Spark at the moment, but we'll... Get it when the Black Caps are playing India. Personally, no interest in watching the Women's World Cup, so no clash for me. ABs then the BCs. Great night ahead. It is a great night. It's a huge weekend of sport for sure. Um, but that's technically not multi-screening, is it? I'm talking about when you're watching two games at the same time. Fake watching Netflix next to your wife while you watch the T20 World Cup is not multi-screening. Can I tell it's, you? It's, it's how to burn your brownies. Brownie points 101. My best and worst moments of multi-screening. This is genuine multi-screening. Yeah. We had these massive screens at a sports bar in Bali. And it was the World Cup 2019 <laughs> final, which kept going. Because like, that game just kept going and kept going. The number of bintangs that you had to finish to get through that yeah. game. The super over after super over. And then the other screen was the Wimbledon final. So you oh, actually watched That's them. right. They were on at the same time. They were on at the same time. 
That was incredible. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say they were showing a replay of the 2015 final. Oh, no, no. That, that would probably be the worst uh, outcome ever. And lastly, Paul writes, and clearly I think, Paul, you're now just trolling me. Uh, what happens if Sri Lanka win tonight? Well, again, if New Zealand go on and win their other two games... They still finish with yeah. seven points. Yeah. Basically what we're saying, New Zealand don't have to win all their games to progress. No. You lose two, you're probably toast. Probably. I mean, if yeah. they lost to Sri Lanka and were bowled out for 80, chasing 200, then obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, the likelihood, Paul, yeah. maybe there is a chance. I don't know. You're telling me there's a chance. All right, Grant Elliott, the floor is yours. Your sporting tips of the week. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to plagiarize Zane, who texted in and really? s- said that he went in with a multi, uh, $10 multi, and got it at $55. I've only got it at um, $26.80, and that's for New Zealand to reach the final of the Cricket T20 World Cup. That's for uh, the Kiwis to reach the grand final, um, and the New Zealand woman... Uh, to win the Women's World Cup at $2.75, and that gives you a multi of $26.80. Wow, so you're going higher risk this week. Like it, like it. Two out of three last week I think I um, went with, um, so I struck out on one. Speaking of striking out, I'm going Baseball's World Series. Just straight tipping who's going to win the World Series. Uh, Correct score, though. The Houston Astros win Baseball's World Series by four games to one. And I get really angry for a few days after because <laughs> I don't like them much either. Uh, I won't even ask Ben Francis. There's no point. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Ben. Thanks to all those listeners. Keep the texts coming and the call-ins. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.